Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, we made two bad puck decisions in the third period to cost us the game. That's basically what it boils down to. Lost their coverage on a third goal, chasing behind a net, but we could have moved that puck earlier and got out of there, and we didn't. And, and then the fourth goal, same thing. It was just a bad puck play, and it was in our net. You know, I thought our game was good up till then, first period too. You know, we gave up that first goal. We just got beat wide. I thought the second goal was a high stick, but whatever. We're right in the game. We shot ourselves in the foot in the third. Let's get nasty on a Thursday in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Two o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jewel. Actually, it's 202. Let's get let's get that uh, let's get that situated. Okay, <laughs> it's 202. Thanks, Pecan Ferrario. Yeah, those guys. I'm telling you. Yeah, we start the show at two, guys. At 202, you start at two. They were laying the blame on. They said it's a. Uh, Chain reaction because the balloon party stays on to like eleven oh five or something like that. You know that. what, Jamie, you know this better than anybody. You take you take accountability. Yeah. It's a you thing. You take a it's you, me thing? you take accountability. No, you in general. You take accountability. Huh. Okay? Don't blame anybody else. Just like the blues aren't gonna blame anything else on themselves but themselves for last night. You also heard Craig Berube. Did you think that first period was good? From a Ooh, hockey standpoint? Uh... From a hockey standpoint, I thought it was fine. It was fine. Jamie, it can, wasn't terrible. Can you answer something for me? I can try. Being, being the hockey As guy. I try to readjust my microphone here. Yeah, go ahead. Forget the high stick thing. Well, what? High stick, yeah, whatever. You get two guys in front of the net for Colorado. Yeah. Like, together. I can't imagine that that's how it's supposed to be. But they, they had two guys in front of the net. Yeah. To your one guy. But your one guy wasn't even on either of Colorado's guys. That can't be the the defensive game plan, right? Right, Jamie? No, that uh, Like I'm not a hockey guy, but that that doesn't make much sense to 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 guard a uh, a piece of the ice where nobody is. You got two guys to the left of Bennington. Yeah. Shielding him. And your guy is to the right of Bennington. Yeah. Also probably shielding him. So what you have to look out for on that one too is there's a bumper guy available too in the middle of the ice. So and I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the short side shelf goal. Uh, Colton Parade goes in front of the net. What happened, what was screwy about that is Marco Scandella overcommitted on that play. Mm-hmm. So he overcommitted to Nathan McKinnon because he was he popped out. Where was McKin- McKinnon was up in the, the wall? In the high slot. No, Rantanen oh, was on okay. the wall. Got it. Miko Rantanen was on the wall. He opens up, and it looks like he might pass to Nathan McKinnon, who's got the one-timer ready to roll. I just ripped him. Both my both your ears you, right yeah, out, right out. Your ear holes just fell on the ground. It happens when you're Italian, you talk with your hands. That was aggressive. Um, 
But speaking of aggressive, Marcos Candela got a little too aggressive on taking away the one-timer for Nathan McKinnon. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to do that. He could have just stayed in the shot lane. Now, he would have had to eat in a puck if he passed that puck to McKinnon and he shot it, but he still would have remained in a position to at least continue to have a stick length away from Rantanen so he couldn't get that shot off. Colm Pareko on that one, I know it doesn't look good, but it may not be any freaking help either to go skating over and try to move those guys. Now you have three guys in front of Bennington. Mm. So sometimes the goalie, you know, not that he has to figure it out, but sometimes the goalie prefers to just let it be because then he knows where those players are. It was a hell of a shot. Uh, it was a double screen. But again, I, I believe the play could have been prevented had Marco Scandella not been so overly aggressive on Nathan McKinnon. But yeah. in fairness to Marco Scandella... It's Nathan McKinnon. It's Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. And once again, in fairness to Marco Scandella, it's Mikko Rantanen. Yeah. Two of the best players in the NHL, especially in that situation, you're trying to limit the damage as much as you can. Mm -hmm. I'm not even isolating that play as a problem. I'm not. I'm not either. But, Jamie, I feel like when you start to pile up these these losses for the Blues are focusing on the losses. Do, do you know the overall theme that I'm getting here? It looks much harder than it should be. That's what are you as a non-hockey guy, In Jamie. which way are you talking about? Because I, I want to understand what you're saying. Okay. So I'm watching this game last night. Yeah. I'm not... I don't expect the Blues to beat the Avalanche. I, they're not... A, the Blues are... Let's just get real here, okay? We're, we're the home of the Blues, but let's let's speak the truth. The Blues are not on the Avs uh, on the on their their level. We we know that. I'm not saying they can't beat the Avalanche uh, on a on a random Wednesday night at Ball Arena. I'm not saying that they they could on any given Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. You could beat the Avalanche, but the Blues are not on the Avalanche's level. The Coyotes game, though, the uh, Vancouver game last night, it looks much harder than it should. It looks like the Blues are constantly chasing the puck. It looks, when they're moving the puck in their own zone, like a complicated mess. The special teams look complicated, even when they're on the power play. It looks like they're taking two extra steps when they need to take one step. One, one fewer, one, one less pass. Uh, you're talking about... You know, Scandella, where he's got two guys. So we got two guys in front of the net, and then he's also overcommitting to two other guys. What? Yeah, but you're killing the Blues. Are the Blues? You're killing the penalty. I understand that, but but Jamie, why so is you're it minus a guy to begin with? Minus one guy. One guy. Yeah. Not three or four. No, I understand. So that's that's where my frustration they've is. They've got five it, weapons on the ice. It looks more complicated than it should, though, in my opinion. It looks like there's always an extra pass offensively. It looks like there's there's never enough guys defensively, even on five on five. It's like, is the other team playing with seven to your five? Yeah. So let's let's tap the brakes here just for a second. You tap the brakes. Let me just tap the brakes here okay. for a second. After two periods, you were down by one goal to what's probably the best team in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And you were even on shots. I'd say that's and you're on the road. You're playing at high altitude. I'd say that was at that point, a pretty good night. Can I ask a question? Yeah, of course. Did you think at any point that the Avs in those two periods were not in control of the game? Yeah, in the second period. You thought that? 100%. The Avs were not in control. The Blues had taken over the game in the second period. Okay. 
Absolutely. The All first right. period, I felt like the Avs were uh, had the upper hand. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was as bad as some people are making it out to be for the Blues. I thought that it was a competitive period. Uh, but you're also getting smacked in the face with a Colorado Avalanche team that's just ready to be fired out of a cannon Fair. at home. And so the second period, I felt like the Blues turned it on its head a little bit. And then the third period's where the wheels fell off. But there are a lot of things that come into play with that. One, you don't have as much talent as the Colorado Avalanche do. You just you don't. So it's like any team that you want to pick, whether it's your Cardinals, your Blues, a City SC, like you have these teams where you run up against certain teams, you're just, well, we're outmanned. Doesn't mean you can't beat them, but you're outmanned. And so when the third period came around last night, I felt like the Blues started to slow down a bit, started to slow down. And some of that is because the Avalanche are a really fast team. Some of it, honestly, guys, is due to some of the, the high altitude too. You just emptied out the tank in the second period, and it's not an excuse. It's a fact. If anybody wants to do the research, you just Google and and figure out all you want to know about athletes that that train at high altitude on a regular basis so they can uh, succeed at high altitude. Otherwise, it feels like sometimes like you're trying to breathe through a straw to regain your oxygen out on the ice. I was telling Kerry Davis this earlier. There was a shift I remember. It was like two and a half minute shift I had in Colorado one time in the second period. I thought I was going to die. It felt like you know little uh, cocktail straws, little mm-hmm. mixing straws. Yeah. I felt like I was trying to breathe through that to try and get oxygen. So it is a real thing. And the, the problem with high altitude is that you don't ever get to fill the tank back up. You feel like you do, but it's only three quarters. Or you feel like you do, and it's only half full. Mm-hmm. But again, we'll, we'll call that an excuse. Okay, fine. It's an excuse. The bottom line is you screwed up on two plays in particular with defensive zone coverage. So the one area that everybody has been hyper-focusing on all summer long, all beginning of the season, is the area that failed you in that third period. And it was pretty simple to see. Tory Krug needs to hold the net front on that goal. Braden Shan is coming back. He's going to provide that backside pressure the Colorado Avalanche player has a shot. It's there, but you have Jordan Binnington in between the pipes. You really don't have to worry about one shot on goal there. But Tory Krug, competitive in the moment, not the right play, decides to push down, be aggressive like they did last year. And what happened? Exactly what happened last year. The teams find the open player. And it went right to a guy all by himself, goal. Let's fast forward now. Braden Shen turns the puck over down low. And this is on uh, Byram's goal. Sequence of events on this one is a good forecheck by the Avalanche. Colton Pareko closes out Nathan McKinnon on the wall. Then he makes a small mistake. The small mistake is he lets Nathan McKinnon get inside position on him after that. The one thing you cannot do with star players is let them regain inside position. You must stay between the star player and the net at all times. So if I'm venturing outside to close a guy out on the wall, I'm hitting him, but I'm not trying to hold him there. I'm hitting him and I'm backing off now back towards the middle of the ice so that now he has to still come through me. Whether he has the puck or not, I'm an obstruction to him. Colton Pareko got caught on the wrong side of Nathan McKinnon. Braden Shen went to make the pass to Colton Pareko but it wasn't Colt Pareko, it was Nathan McKinnon. Hmm. So Nathan McKinnon picks up the loose puck, comes towards the front of the net, and you got to respect this guy. But at the same time, Brandon Saad lets 
Byram, skate down. That's his guy. The offside defenseman is the weak side winger's guy. He lets him get body position, and everybody thinks Nathan McKinnon's going to shoot that puck at that time. Yeah. You have to respect him. He's one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. He passes it over for a one-timer in the back of the net. So those two plays are two goals, and they're two shots, right? So the save percentage for Jordan Bennington looks crappy on that play. But are you going to blame Jordan Bennington for those goals? Because this is what happened last year. Is the numbers, well, the numbers don't lie. Well, the numbers would tell me that those two shots on goal that ended up in the net that he had no chance on, Couldn't the numbers will work against him now when you look at that. Yep. So those are the two mistakes that they made. Those are the major mistakes in the third period that they made, and it's all due to the system that they they didn't stick to. Because ordinarily, Brandon Saad should have been down in the on the weak side in the high slot, taking away the middle of the ice. And then Byram would not have been an option. McKinnon would have had to have shot the puck at that point. So that's the way I look at it, is you, you hung in there pretty good for two periods. And in the third period, whether it was fatigue, physically or mentally, you let the game slip away. I think at the end of the day, though, I don't even know if those two goals even matter because the offense couldn't score. They only had one goal again. Yeah. I agree. It's tough. Like it, it, the power play is not is is a disadvantage right now for the Blues. It, it reminds me of uh, of this past summer when we would talk about, you know, well, this guy went out there and you know he actually gave us a, a good a good solid start. You know, the pitcher, and it's like, well, it didn't matter because the offense didn't show up. Right. It or it wouldn't have mattered if uh, you know they did give up 13 runs because the offense scored zero runs. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, at the end of the day, it does not matter if your offense cannot produce. And you mentioned the power play, another over gopher. It's not good. Mm-hmm. All right, it's fast on one on ESPN. We are going to talk to Craig Berube coming up at the bottom of the hour. So two thirty, Craig Berube will join us here in the fast lane on one on one ESPN. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers. They won their first World Series in ever. Bob, they take care of business last night against the Diamondbacks. In fact, they shut them out five five to nothing. Diamondbacks get one in the series. There is one guy specifically that I am excited about, and he already had a, he already had several World Series titles. Tell you who that is next on one on one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, uh, Rangers win the World Series. Judging by the numbers and the ratings, chances are you didn't know that. What? Was that last night? Because you didn't watch. I'm just kidding. But congratulations, nonetheless, to the Rangers. I am thrilled for Bruce Bochy. I think he's the best manager of all time. I I do. I think he's the best manager Whoa. of all time. Whoa. I think he's better you than Joe Torrey. You know where you are right now, I right? I think he's as much respect as I had for every manager that has that has come through Major League Baseball, okay, including our very own Tony Larusa, has there been a better manager than Bruce Bochy? Wow. Think about it. Wow. Got the Padres, the Padres to the World Series. Didn't win it. Got them there though. Different decade too. Took the San Francisco Giants. A team that did not I mean, we think about the Giants now, it's like, oh, they had three three titles. From 2010 to 2014. Boy, they won a lot. They didn't win crap for decades upon decades. 
for you think about the Giants like Willie Mays and then Bruce Bochy's Giants. There was Bonds hitting a bunch of home runs. Got him to a World Series, didn't win it though. Bruce Bochy, three different Giants teams. And then he goes away as a manager for several years, pops back up in Texas <laughs> with a team that has never won the World Series. Pretty good team, though. And in the first year of Bruce Bochy becoming the manager, having lost Jacob DeGrom, having to keep the team together after a massive slide in the second half, let's not forget that, they had a fight tooth and nail after leading the entire division that entire first half, fought tooth and nail just to get in the damn thing, went on the road to Tampa, beat them, went on the road again, to beat whoever the hell, Minnesota, whoever the hell they played in the second round. That's what it was. Had to get through Houston, the team that owned them, beat them, and then had a layup, honestly, in the World Series with the Diamondbacks. But a Diamondbacks team, nonetheless, it's that not, got there from... That was a hard-fought game hey, last night. Diamondbacks... Zach Gallen, man. He was he was excellent. He was great. In fact, the Diamondbacks were really good. It's not... they were, I'm, I'm being facetious. They no, went They went through the Dodgers and Phillies. That's no joke. To go through that, but but Texas beat them first time. You tell me anybody's better than Bruce Bochy? No, I don't. I don't know. There's with, a, with all due respect, let's just say he's at the table. Okay, I think there are some managers that are pretty damn good too along the way. There's probably some that we're not even remembering that you know in our lifetime. How yeah. About? Okay. Because I, you're right. Like Connie Mack and all this. I, I didn't have the I didn't have the the privilege and the pleasure of of watching Connie Mack like manage yeah but we saw tony we saw yeah. joe tory joe tory we tony. saw uh hell um dusty baker's dusty baker and well, dusty's only got himself one championship right yep and he beat him yeah boat you just beat yeah. beat baker and uh bobby cox had the pleasure of watching him manage for a long Braves, time hell yeah. wow nobody's done uh, boach has been unbelievable yeah. I think the fact that he's done it with multiple organizations is the is the key for me, because I think that when you're in one spot for a really long time and you do it, you know, two, three times. I mean, obviously that's super impressive, but it's your team, right? Like it's your nucleus, it's your team, and Bruce Bochy specifically in this scenario was handed a team that was already three quarters put together, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. And said, uh, we need to get across the finish line somehow, mm-hmm. some way. And he managed to do that. And I think that his timely decisions throughout the the playoff run in particular, because I, I, I got to be honest with you here, I know you find this hard to believe. I didn't watch every Texas Rangers game all season long. Yeah. I know. You're disgusted with me right now. I'm disgusted with me. I told you. To watch all of the Rangers games, and this the, finally you, you you open up about yeah, this. Yeah, I only caught about forty-seven of them, like you know, first pitch to last pitch. But that's okay. I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on it. But um, okay, he made some really big decisions in the postseason that were probably analytically supported, yet you know maybe it was stepping outside the box a little bit too because of his knowledge of the game, flat out. And some of the decisions he made are direct results of them winning the World Series. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I, not pushing back on what you're saying about Bruce Bochy. He never had the best team either. If you go back, he, the, the Rangers weren't the best team this year. The Atlanta Braves were the best team this year. 
Bochi had a good team. He didn't have a great one. He made them great. The Giants, when they won in 2010, 12, and 14, they were never the best team. The 2010 team barely snuck in. They snuck in on one of the last days. They had to beat the, the Padres to win the division, get in. They did. And yeah, we can look back and say, ah, oh, Tim Lincecum and Matt Cain, uh, Mattis, they have Mount, Mattis Bumgarner. Bumgarner was 19 when they won in 2010. Bochi was the magic elixir on all. He was, he was him and, and Buster Posey were like the constant. Bochi, to your point about the Rangers, they had Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon a year ago. They had some of the elements a year ago. Yeah. It took Bochi to bring it all together. I think what he did this season and what he's done throughout his managerial career has been nothing short of incredible. And congratulations to the Rangers, man. Congratulations yeah. to Jordan Montgomery and Adolis Garcia, a couple of former Cardinals. <laughs> what? Nothing. I just think it's they funny. They former Cardinals. Well, Monty, that trade was inevitable. Yes. I mean, everybody knew that was happening. And, uh, I wasn't I mean, taking a shot there. I just I'm no, lit- I'm saying they're literally. But it's just I think the harder cards. one to stomach for people is Adolis Garcia. Uh-huh. That you know, that guy didn't even play the last two games, so can't be that good. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the guy that had 115 RBI in, ah, in the in the ALCS? What did he do yesterday? Though? Yeah, nothing. You know? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, guy didn't deserve it. All right, it's a fast line. Oh, I want to Stratton too. Oh yeah, Stratton was a Stratton part of that deal. A yeah. World ring now. and he was pivotal down the stretch for yep. them. He pitched a lot for for the Rangers Good out call. of the pen. Yep. Craig Berube is going to join us next. Talk to him about uh, his his team four one loss last night for the Blues. Uh, but we'll ask him some of the details of what he's seeing right now out of his club next year in the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hetman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time now for Chatting with the Chief with a coach of your St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube. Brought to you by Fisher Window and Door, your Marvin dealer with showrooms in Brentwood and East Alton, Illinois.
It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Saltzer. Let's head to the 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. We're going to chat with the Chief, Craig Berube, coach of your Blues here on 101 ESPN as we do every week throughout the course of the week. Chief, how are you doing today? Good, guys. How are you? Good, Chief. Good. Welcome back. Good. Um, hey, look, last yeah. night's game, Chief, I felt like there was you know, a, a couple of different stories going on in the game last night. And, you know, from period to period, it seemed like there were different themes at times. For you as a coaching staff, when you look back at the game and you've gone over the video and you, obviously you're coaching it in the moment, you know, what's your overall take of the game last night from the first period to the second period and then ultimately the third period? Yeah, I mean, I thought our start was good. I mean, we got scored on just um, on a play there where um, – Tucks got caught a little bit flat-footed, but, you know, I think, uh, like, you know, and then they got a power play goal, but I thought that, you know, the first period getting out of there, I know it was 2 nothing, but, you know, I thought that uh, we battled. We had to kill off another penalty after we uh, called the high sticking and uh, went against us. But overall, you know, I wasn't displeased with the first period. Or the second period, I thought the second period we we got the momentum back in the game. We got a goal. Um, you know, I thought we had a lot of zone time. Uh, did some real good things. You know, on just the third period, we we two and self self inflicted wounds. Uh, we shot ourselves in the foot. They capitalized on both of them. There are unnecessary goals, in my opinion, that we gave up. Hey, coach. On that note, you mentioned the two plays uh, last night in the third period. In your in your losses thus far, do you feel as though there's there's one or two moments in a game where a mistake is made that could have that it, if you nullified those things are a little bit different right now for your team? Well, that's part of it for sure, but I think it's the mindset more than anything. When I look back at some of these losses, uh, the Winnipeg game, uh, last night's game, and the Vancouver game to a certain extent, but. You know, if you look at all those games, they're one-goal games going into a period, and we don't, um, you know, that's where we got to make a push, and we didn't. Like last night, for me, we had a power play to start the third period, and we could have got some momentum out of it, and we didn't. Uh, but we didn't make that push that was needed, you know? It's like we make mistakes at the wrong times right now. That's, you know, causing us hockey games. Chief, when you, if we're going to just isolate the power play for a second here, uh, how do you identify just how important it is for your team to score right now on the power play without adding more, for lack of better words, stress to the players? Because you know as well as I do, like there's some timely power plays that if you get a goal out of it, things look a lot different, but you don't want the players to be gripping the sticks even tighter right now. No, exactly, and I, I get what you're saying for sure. I mean... You want to score on it, but it's about creating some momentum and some good looks more than anything. I think that's, that's the number one priority right now is creating good looks, and that's key. We're not creating enough of you know, in my opinion. Now, we get a couple here and there. Like we get, we're getting some on the power play, but not enough. And I think that there's just got to be a different mindset that we're trying to get across to our players that we've got to have more of an attack mentality and get pucks to the net and create some chaos. And it's not always going to be a pretty goal. It's going to be an ugly goal, but that could kickstart you too. But I think it's just about creating momentum for your team. Chief, a lot is made of puck management, and rightfully so. 
you guys have had some turnovers here, probably more turnovers than you'd like as a coaching staff or as a hockey club. How, how do you coach that up? How do you get the guys to change that by identifying it and, and kind of cleaning up the game a little bit? Well, execution is one. Like, if you watched last night, um, you know, there's two plays on those both goals where it's a simple play out of your zone. But we we went for the hard play, and now we turned it over, even if it wasn't a neutral zone. You know, that team's a quick transition team. Now they're back in our zone, and they created some opportunities and capitalized on them. Like, you know, those those are the turnovers that cost you, you know? I think that there's turnovers in every game by every team. But our execution's got to be better. Like, there's plays to be made there that we're not making that is turning the puck over. Um, that, for me, is right now the most concerning thing, right? Like, just execution with the puck, um, making plays. And, and that goes, and that's confidence at times, too. You know, I think our team is a little bit unconfident with the puck right now. You can see that in the power play, too. So, I mean, it's just about getting some confidence here and start executing with the puck a lot more than we are. Coach Craig Ruby joining us right now on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Chief, building off of that, is there is there ways to simplify? I, I know hockey can be very, you know, it's it's an easy game when you know what you're doing, but uh, it can also be very complex. Is there a way to simplify things in every facet of the game to build that confidence? Well, predictability and structure are really important, and I think that, you know, for the most part, we've had a lot of that in games, but when you get unpredictable and your structure kind of, you know, goes out the window on your routes and things like that, that's where you get the turnovers and the execution poor, you know? So for me, like, if you, you know, you want to be a good team that executes and, and makes the right plays, and it's about being predictable to each other and, and, and knowing your routes and running your routes. Chief, you switched up the lines a little bit for last night from the prior game in Vancouver. I'm always fascinated in in the line-making process. And so for you guys as a coaching staff, obviously I heard you talk about wanting more balance throughout your lineup. You know, you, you didn't get the win last night, but did you get enough looks as a team to where you feel like, hey, I'm going to run it back with this group? Or is it time to continue to kind of, you know, tweak the deck a little bit till you find what you're looking for? Yeah, I don't know if it's all about looks all the time. I mean, it can't be all about offense. It's got to be what your whole team game. Um, you know, I'm not probably going to make any changes for tomorrow's game. I mean, we we played one game. I liked a lot of things in the game, and there's some things I didn't like. But, uh, you know, I think it's a little early to jump the gun already. Coach, you got four-game homestand coming up here. Um, what are your expectations for this team, for this home game, for this homestand? Anything specific that you want your guys to accomplish? Well, we're just going to focus on tomorrow's game, to be honest with you. It's like, that's the only game I'm concerned about right now is tomorrow. I mean, I'm not going to look ahead. I'm just looking about tomorrow, what we need to do tomorrow, what we need to do tomorrow to be successful. That's it. I mean, it's, you know, it's that old cliche, take one game at a time. It's the truth. Just focus on tomorrow's game. We need a we need a sixty minute effort against a real good team. It's going to be a hard game, you know. I'm just focused on that game. 
Chief, we appreciate you joining us each and every week throughout the hockey season. Uh, we always feel like we're, you know, maybe not for Jamie because he he knows everything, you know that. Uh, <laughs> but for somebody like me, just to kind of get that uh, that that the knowledge from you, we appreciate. It. And our I know our listeners do as well. Thank you. Yeah, anytime, guys. Enjoy coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Chief. We'll see you. We'll talk to you next week. That's Craig Ruby here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Well, they got a big challenge tomorrow, as you said. A good team. Jack Fast, Hughes comes in. Talented. Yep. We put to the test, man. Absolutely. They are. I mean, it's it's no joke here. You, you also have a schedule following the Jersey game. You also have a schedule that lends some games to you where you f- you should feel like they're winnable. And I think that's important, too, is the Blues, they have to string together a couple of wins here. Start to get that feel good within the locker room. Mm-hmm. And then it's amazing what that can do sometimes for a team. Well, you've talked about it, building confidence. Yes. Building a little confidence. One goal goes in. You know, you get one of these breakaways that you actually you actually capitalize on, and all of a sudden maybe becomes a snowball effect yeah. where you feel where you feel good about I'd it. I'd be shooting the puck a lot, man. If I was guys, I'd be shooting it from everywhere right yep. now, just because. Why not? Right. If it hits off a leg and goes in, and all of a sudden you're starting to feel good of it. Hey, look at Pareko's shot in the first period last night. Hits, nice hits, you know, clanks off, off clanks off the Falk post. Hit a post yep. too. So some of these. It's not. It's it's not all bad luck. It's not all you know. Nope. Let's not make excuses here. Uh, but if some of these things start to go the Blues way, as opposed to opposite, maybe maybe we're looking at a different situation moving forward. All right, it's Fastlane on one hundred and one ESPN. Uh, let's get into some. Let's get into some some football. Let's take a, a peek ahead. Starting with tonight's game, you got the Steelers and the Titans. Not a ton of storylines here, uh, but as what? we, yeah, Will Levis, man. So you got the greatest Dan Marino Jr.'s playing you tonight. you got Dan Marino Jr. playing tonight in Pittsburgh, his first road game. And then we'll expand it to other storylines. Snacks in the NFL on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So tonight you have the Titans and Steelers and Will Levis, otherwise known as Dan Marino Jr., will be looking to be the fourth quarterback in Tennessee franchise history to win his first two career starts, along with Steve McNair, Brent Pease, and uh, Jackie Lee. And I remember uh, Jamie said, Jackie Lee, one of your favorite quarterbacks from the 60s. Yeah, it's Bruce's brother. Bruce's, yeah, brother, absolutely. I don't think so. He's also Will Levis, Dan Marino Jr., third quarterback in NFL history to throw four touchdowns in his uh First career game, joining Marcus Mariota and oh. Fran Tarkleton. Well, he's, at least there's some... Tarkleton, excuse me. I had an L there. Tarkleton? Tarkleton, I had an L. <laughs> Tarkleton. You're probably thinking of Spencer Torkleton. Probably. Uh. Yeah, Torkelson. Torkelson. From the Tigers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those guys get mixed up, you know? Both very popular in their own Absolutely. respective ways. Absolutely. Sure, sure. Uh, I took the Steelers tonight. I don't feel great about it. I took Pittsburgh, short short week, home team, but I don't trust the Steelers as far as I can throw them. Here's the thing, though. Mm. Titans off a win? No, thank you. I feel like the Tennessee what? Titans exude, Why? like, they, they put so much into their victories that the following week they lay an egg. Like, it takes them so much to win a game I, that the following week, forget about it. I don't even know what to say about that. Don't even know that you've just made that up. We can go over this. You just made it. Up. I feel that way, but let's look at the receipts here. Hmm. They beat the Chargers twenty-seven to twenty-four in overtime. 
The following week, lost to the Browns 27-3. They beat the Bengals 27 to It's the exact score. Same score. 27-3. They beat the Bengals. Following week, lost to the Colts 23-16. They beat Atlanta 28-23 last week. They're going to lose tonight. I agree. I've got them winning. Rookie QB on the road. I think it's I think that's exactly why they're going to win. Rookie QB on the road doesn't know any better. He's playing with house money, doesn't care. I think he shoves tonight. And I think that I think the offense is built to help him. I think Derrick Henry is going to help him. I think he's going to get some help from the receivers. I I I see this as a Titans win tonight. They should. Honestly. Kenny Pickett has been less than desirable, so You know what's funny? Kenny Pickett's banged up. It doesn't yeah, even is. matter. That they're not going to the, the the Steelers. Was Mitchie football finished last game, didn't he? Oh yeah, he did. It's the couple defense. Of picks. That was great. Yeah, it's the defense he, is why I'm picking the Steelers tonight. When this check out this this stat, this is remarkable. The Steelers have been outgained in every single game this season. Is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> they are zero and three when they score ten. Or fewer points this season. Well, yeah, it usually goes hand Which makes sense. <laughs> They're 4-0 and when they score 10 or more points. So if they can get to 13, they probably win 13-10 to 10 tonight. But they, these are two, at, very, at, at, the, at the best, me, mediocre teams. Now, if you're the Titans, you're a Titans fan, if you can win on the road, you start to feel a little good about things. Jamie's got gotcha. you. He's backing you up. I am. He's backing you up. This is a this is a rough week in the NFL. Yeah. Carrie and I did our Gridiron Guys podcast today. If you look at uh, some of the matchups, now the Cowboys and Eagles, fun. Bills and Bengals, fun. Dolphins, Chiefs. Dolphins, Chiefs, absolutely fun. That's the early game on Sunday. Uh-huh. Even the, Sea- the Seahawks and the Ravens, interesting matchup. But then the rest of it is filled with Commanders, Patriots, Bears, Saints, Colts, Panthers, and Giants, Raiders. So, are we doing our picks now, or we do that tomorrow? When do I forget when we do our pickums? No, we do our picks. Andrew looks. We doing them today? Yeah, we're gonna do them today. We'll do them a little bit later on in the show. Because I have a few things I want to bounce off. So, who, who, when you look at when you look at uh, all these matchups, okay, what's the team that you're that you're hoping to learn about this weekend? Like, you look at all these matches. What's the team you're hoping to learn about? Because for me, there's there, there's a couple. But I want to learn about Kansas City. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You know, you're 6-2. I wasn't two. thinking about that. You're 6-2. and two. Your, your lone loss before last week was the Lions. And with the way the Lions have played, you're like, oh, okay, you know, hey. It's a, if, we're, if we're college football, it's a good loss, right, to the Lions. <laughs> But your offense scored 17 against Jacksonville. The Bears game doesn't count. The Bears are a, a, basically a Sun Belt team at this point. Uh, you beat you beat Zach Wilson and the Jets 23 to 20. You barely got by the Vikings with some help by the by the refs. You scored 19 points against the worst defense in the league in Denver at home. You beat the Charge. Like it has been a, a slow. Uh, what do you say about the Blues? Sometimes they they become uh, on what not uh, you say. They, thank you. They become disconnected. Mm-hmm. This offense seems disconnected. Oh, it certainly does. They should be better, but the running game. You're, Andy Reid doesn't stick with it, even when it's working. 
Travis Kelsey's your only big threat. Rice is starting to come about, but he's a rookie. Then you got Sky Moore and Kadarius Stoney, which are basically the same guy. They're guys that you have to get get involved around the line of scrimmage for them to be effective. McCall Harmon, you just you just acquired again, who's basically Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like they're eh, mm-hmm. they're Jags, right? Just, Watson, eh. That's the Chiefs' offense, yeah. and then Mahomes. So I would love to see Kansas City like this be the week that this offense starts to hum because this defense is good, like legit good. They're going to get tested by Miami, but this is the week I would like to see. It was a slow build for Lamar and the, the Ravens, and we're starting to see that offense hum. I wonder if this is the week for the Chiefs. So I'm look. I'm looking forward to that one. I hope it's not. I have the Dolphins. Oh boy. Didn't you take Miami too? No, I took the Chiefs in this. Oh, Kerry, I think took Miami. Yeah, mm. I took the Chiefs. Um, the one game that I'm interested in, and it's to find out about this team if they're actually back or not, is the Bengals. That's another good one because they're playing the Bills. The Bills are at five and three. The Bengals at four and three. A lot of things get flipped on their head here if the Bengals pull off a victory. And the way Joe Burrow has been playing here recently, like I wonder, like is this back to where? It, we thought it was going to be, or is it not? Is mm-hmm. it fraudulent? Yeah. So for me, that's the game that I want to learn something. I about. told uh, Marsh, I'm interested to hear what mm-hmm. what your what team you want to learn about. Was, but building off of what you said about the Bengals, I told Kerry Davis this: the Bengals, for me, are are the uh, are the boogeyman. Okay. And I've been I've been saying since the preseason, I don't believe in the boogeyman. Mm. Oh, you should. He's, He's not scary. A, he, he's not under my bed. I don't have to worry about him. Everybody else can worry about him. I don't have to worry about him, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't believe in him. And then when they went out to Arizona and Joe Burrow started to look like, like he was healthy again, I heard a rustling under my bed, but I still am mm-hmm. like, <laughs> boogeyman doesn't exist. He's hiding in the closet, actually. After last week when they went to San Francisco and absolutely owned the 49ers, I looked under the bed and the boogeyman said, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Now I got to face my fears. The Bengals are back. Mm. I've been crapping on this team since the preseason. They're alive, they're well, and they're haunting my dreams. Mm. What's the team you're looking forward to learning about? Uh, the Seattle Seahawks. They're a first place team right now, and I think that's partly due to the fact that the 49ers are crumbling at this point. But they take on the the Ravens, who are a really good ball uh, ball team, uh, ball club. Um, but I think that's going to be a massive test to see where the Seahawks actually fare in the NFC West and just in the NFC as a whole. Uh, we'll see what Geno Smith can can cook up against the Ravens. They're on the road, so they'll be in Baltimore. So it will be a tough test for them, but I want to see if they're a legit number one team in the NFC West. What do you think they are? I think they are a... Well, this is tough because preseason I said they were a first-place team. Yeah, you kind of like Seattle. I kind of like them. I kind of like it, even but, though I did not pick them last week. So but your heart your heart has been with the Seahawks. My heart has been there with the Seahawks. What are your eyes telling you? My eyes are telling me that they're not there yet. They're not there yet. I feel like they can be, mm-hmm. but they're not there yet. They have good weapons. I mean, they have DK Metcalf. You have Tyler Lockett. You have mm-hmm. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. You know, their defense is okay, but Geno Smith is the question mark. Mm-hmm. If Geno Smith can play like he did last year and not turn the ball over like he has been so far this season, I think they can be 
a first-place team in the NFC West, especially if the 49ers can't get their stuff together. By the way, speaking of the 49ers, I saw a graphic today on Twitter. You mentioned how bad they've been when it comes to being down. Mm-hmm. They they need a lead, right? I believe Kyle Shanahan is 1-31 in 31 when the 49ers are trailing in the fourth quarter, there's a, going there's into a, the fourth quarter. There you go. I'm glad you brought that up. That That is a team that is not designed to come back in games. Mm-mm. Even Not all offenses are created equal. We know the 49ers have a good offense, but they're not like Kansas City, or at least the Chiefs team prior to this year that we're used to seeing, where the Chiefs can come back. Or it's that, t- like the, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they can come back. The 49ers and the Dolphins absolutely, unequivocally, have to play with the lead. That is the way their their defense or their offense, excuse me, is designed. So that's a, a one in thirty one. One in thirty one. That's an incredible statistic. Eesh. All right, it's fascinating. One on one ESPN. We will do our NFL Pick'em uh, Challenge picks later on in the show because Marsh is out tomorrow. Jamie's only in for half the show. We will also build our sleeper teams. And Jamie's already got his ready to go. Yeah, I got worked on. I'm this ready week, to steal finally. the yeah. steal the picks. Yeah. I'm up three to one on you guys. Every time. <laughs> Jamie's going to go first because, you know. Because Marshy has nothing but take my picks. Exactly. All right. Uh, Chris Kerber is going to join us in 15 minutes, but let's talk about the Cardinals next. Uh, what's the least the Cardinals can do this offseason to make you optimistic for 2024? You can always leave us a mic drop on this, oh, too. Please do. Via the 101 ESPN app. What is the least the Cardinals can do? The least the Cardinals can do to, to make you optimistic about 2024. That's next on 101 ESPN. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Uh, one of the Cardinals fans on Twitter, Marsh, actually stumbled stumbled upon this. Um, his name is at Kyler four one six. 
says, obviously we have both skepticism about the Cardinals off offense or off season and our wish list. My question to you is, and it's not a shot at the front office or ownership, but it's a thought experiment that has has me. It says, what's the least the Cardinals could do this offseason to make you bullish for 2024? I like the, the, the word choice for Kyle here, a bullish, because that, of course, is a moism. Yeah. So that's the question. What is the least the Cardinals can do this offseason to make you optimistic for 2024? For me, the least would be to... Go get Shohei Well, yeah, okay. Uh, no, I, I think someone like Aaron Nola or Blake Snell, and then backfill the rotation. Like that's the least they could do. So that Michael. So one of the aces. One of the aces, and then Michaelis would become your de facto two, Mats three, and then you'd add another guy in there somewhere. You'd add another number three in there somewhere. And that's it. Okay, so that's the least. That's the you least. said that's the least. So you're okay. Or am I? Am I interpreting I, the question? No, no, no. You because if you really want to know my least, I want Sonny Gray and Aaron Nola and a back end of the rotation guy, and I want Shohei Otani in the middle of my order. You're doing it great. What I'm interpreting though is, so when you say that, mm. my response to you is so you won't be optimistic for 2024. No. Like you're not going to be optimistic. No, but it's at least at least I'll at least I'll be able to look at that and go, "You know what? At least they got an ace." Yeah. Like this season's going to be painful too, but always oh, next year. At least at least Mo finally spent some money and got an ace. Mm-hmm. For me, it's it's, like, finding... it's not what I want personally. I know. It's I the know. least they could do to at least make me feel like they're trying to move the needle. But the least is 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 finding an ace. Yeah, but what do we really think is going to happen? Not that. You're going to go find like three number threes and stock the rotation. That's correct. Yeah, I know. So well, that's why an ace to me would be at least he did something. Yeah. I think for me it it's 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 signing three start th- signing or acquiring three starting pitchers that are not Here. Drew Verhagen type at the very least. You're on that Puff the Magic Dragon stuff there. There's no way he's signing three guys or acquiring. You just said there's a, that the least you could do is get an ace. The least, yeah. He's not getting three of them. I'm not saying three aces. I'm saying three starting pitchers. Right. I feel like you, you're extending the bar way higher than I am. You're saying get at the very least get Blake Snell or Aaron, well, Aaron I mean, Noah. I got some expectations for this team, you know? <laughs> I, just gotta rich, I do too. I got to rich hill this thing to death. The expectations are they mucked up a couple of years ago, and they can't, they're not going to fix it in one off season. That's my expectation. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's the truth. They did. Yeah, they, they did. mucked this thing up badly. You're not going to fix this in one off season. That's not realistic. You could. We can all we can all you know cry about it. We can all complain. We can all yell at them. But they they did. They mucked up. You traded two two top end starters for two years of Ozuna. Think about it that way. For each year of Ozuna, you gave up an ace to watch him scale the wall in two different years. Well, he None. went to the NLC, the NLCS in 2019, Anthony. He certainly did. Skull Glover. Certainly did. But you did that that one trade set you back ten years. Forget a Rosarina. That trade set you back ten years. I know. We're all sitting here, oh yeah, what would the outfield look like? 
What the outfit look like if they had on the radio? Your pitching sucks. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. Complain mm-hmm. about the outfield. How many outfields do you need? There's only three spots. You don't have pitching. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We need at least six. <laughs> Maybe seven. Turn them infielders you know back that. into outfielders. You know that. Let's hear from Andrew. Left us a mic drop. The least the Cardinals can do for me to feel optimistic that things are finally going to change is for the Cardinals to do nothing. Because if they do nothing and they say, oh, this is this season was just a one-off, we're going to run it back again, well, obviously we know that it's going to fail epically once again. And that might be what it actually takes is a second failed terrible season for changes to actually be made. For the DeWitts to tell Mazalak to pack up his stuff and leave, to get rid of all the other analytical stuff from the front office, I think it's going to have to, and it, it might, it's going to suck, but it might take another season of terribleness in order for us to make the changes necessary, like what the Rangers have done the last two off seasons, uh, to get back to, you know, actually competing for the top of the of the NL and not just, eh, let's just try to squeak by and get in and see what happens. You may not like it at all, what he just said, but Andrew Andrew's right. It I might agree. take that. I it agree. might take that because of what we just talked about. You screwed up badly. And to think that this team is going to, because you want them to, and I'm with you on this, okay? The expectation is, hey, you screwed up, fix my team in one offseason. It's probably not going to happen. You 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 screwed the pooch so bad on this that it's 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 not going to be able you're not going to be able to fix it in one offseason. Because you don't control free agency. We like to think they do. We like to think that our team and Mo, boy, you better get this right in free agency. And it worked that way. Why not? It, well, Jamie, see here's the thing about human beings. Mm. Human beings come with uh, uh, all kinds of things. One of them is free will. Mm. You know? We come with free will. So somebody like Blake Snell or Aaron Nola, they don't have to come here. What? Yeah. They can operate under their own I totally see St. Louis being Blake Snell's type city. You do, do you? No. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think he'd like the free zoo? I mean, they're making signs. They're making signs for City SC, the monkeys. You didn't see that? I think they can make one for Blake Snell. They're now called the monkeys? The The City SC monkeys? The monkeys at the zoo revealed a support like sign for City SC for this upcoming match. What did it say? Go City SC? Yeah, something like that. Win or we'll throw our something zoo feces at you. You know, monkeys do that. Let's get bananas. <laughs> Let's get bananas. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> the squirrels all got together too. Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. <laughs> How about these nuts? As a fan, <laughs> so stupid. Going back to the, the cards. <laughs> honestly, I would rather this team be bad again if they would be good for the next five years. You don't mean it. I do mean no, that. No, you don't. Andrew, I've seen That's the highs big... and lows of you this last year. There's no way you could go through another season like that. Remember Marshy for a while there? Oh, man. It was like Eeyore what? walking around here. Jamie, you didn't see what I saw. I've brought this up. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> Marsh, 
<laughs> Jamie, you did not see what I saw that day. Where was I? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know, that but day. wherever you were, you're lucky to be there. Yeah. Marsh and I had to be here because Jamie decided to take another day off. <laughs> <laughs> and, Probably. And Marsh, Marsh on that playoff, I saw that. I saw this kid. He he was so high after those. He was electric. The Juan Yepes home run. He was. I I I couldn't believe it. I didn't think human beings could do this. He was walking on air, and I'm like, wow. I was. I was so happy for this kid. And when Ryan Helsley came oh. in, he started calling it. Mm-hmm. I did. I called. I almost started called the entire it. inning. Started saying the walk, walk to Harper. Mm-hmm. Anthony was so positive. It, I was positive. It, it pissed me off. No, you I thought I, I was. I was incredibly positive. Well, I, I, Jamie, he, honestly, I went into dad mode. I did. Like we, I <laughs> feel like I we're. Say, you can't handle another season. I feel like because the expectations were there. If we have no expectations, no I'm not going to be upset. Our show, I feel like, Lies. is a bro- is just a brotherhood. Jamie, 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 the oldest child. I'm the well-adjusted middle child, and Marshy's the younger brother. But well in that, adjusted. but then, my ass. In that moment, I didn't think you got screwed up. Middle I didn't child. think you caught that. I didn't think you catch that. But I, in that moment, I thought to myself, I got to go to I got to go into dad mode here, and I got to tell him that everything's going to be okay. The, the Cardinals are going. They're going to get through this inning. They're going to be okay. You lied. And to when him. they didn't, <laughs> when they didn't, there was nothing I could do. The guy was shattered. That's why I say he can't go through a year like that. You're There's right. No How do you, I mean, right now it's it's just tough. No way. It's yeah. tough. I mean, my my favorite quarterback just snapped his Achilles. Snapped his Achilles. Now we have Taylor Hall throwing passes. Yeah. You know the when Blues. The Blues can't put together two good games together. True. You know the Cardinals. I mean, thank goodness they're done playing. But <laughs> can't hey, break it, next, can't break week sh- next week should be fun. All right, let's get speaking of the Blues. Let's get it to Chris Gerber. Chris Gerber's going to join us next. Talk a little Blues hockey here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Bring out the Zamboni! It's time for Curbside with the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. Let's head to our 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. We're joined by the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, right here on your home of the Blues, 101 ESPN. Kerbs, what's up, man? Anthony, how are you? Oh, not great thus far. I'm a little frustrated by our Blues, Kerbs. Um, uh, don't let it frustrate you too much. It's early. Yeah, Anthony. No, I'm frustrated, guys, <laughs> and I want to be frustrated because well, I believe this is a playoff team, Kerbs. But thus far, hey, wait, wait. we haven't seen it. All right, let me let, let's let's flip the script and I'll do a little interviewing for a moment. How's Please. that? Oh, let's do go. it. Here we go. All right. All right. Okay. All right, Anthony. Well, we want to welcome everybody back into the program. <laughs> Joining us on the celebrity line, uh, Anthony Stalter, uh, covering the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Anthony, what were your real expectations for the first ten games of the year? Well, Curbs, I thought that uh, coming into the year that they were a playoff team. I thought we'd see more consistency thus far. Uh, but uh, I thought, honestly, the special teams were going to be a lot better. And with the focus and the emphasis on the defense throughout the course of the offseason, I thought the defensive structure was going to be a lot better. 
I, uh, what's bothered you about the defensive structure? Well, as I've watched this team play, I feel as though that there are still too many opportunities in front of the nets. I still feel like there are too many, uh, there's too much open ice. I feel like there's points where, you know, like Tory Krug last night, too many opportunities where guys are, are overly aggressive in spots and it costs them, or not aggressive enough in spots and it has cost them. I think the overall frustration, though, if I'm being honest, is the fact that I thought this was going to be a balanced team offensively, and we haven't seen enough offense. So maybe my expectations you know, I, I were unrealistic. You know, I, I don't know about my co-host Jamie here, but uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to be accused. I don't, I don't want to be accused uh, of from others in this town of being a soft media market, not <laughs> asking the hard-hitting questions here. Sure. So, you know, in all reality, Anthony. What in the world did you expect when you're playing a team like Colorado and it's a first overall pick at center, a 10th overall <laughs> pick on the right wing, a fourth overall pick in your top D pair, a second, fourth overall pick in your second D pair, you know, and, and in, in you're playing with a 20th overall pick at center, a second round pick and, uh, and, and on the right wing there and uh, another second round pick in, in, on the left wing with Pavel Butchnevich and, you know, your top D-man this year has been Colton Pareko. He's a third-round pick, and your goalie's a third-round pick. Curbs, can I be like some of our texters right now? Oh, sure. yeah. Well, listen, you, I'm all you want to you, you role play as much as you want. Okay. Oh yeah, that's music to his ears, Curbs. <laughs> I expect perfection every night. I don't care who the opponent oh. is. This team won in 2019. Where's that team? <laughs> well, that team is playing for a lot of teams around the National Hockey League right now. Some of that team still winning yeah. cups. Uh, no, curbs. Yeah, all joking aside, I'm with you. I'm listen. I, I, all joking aside on that. Uh, I, I'm watching that game last night, and look, there's just a reality here, and and this is a thought I had, and uh, I don't know if you guys have had the same one, Jamie and, and Anthony, on this, but. Like I'm watching the I'm watching the way the Avalanche play, and and they are so well coached uh, with the style of play that Jared Bednar brings, and and he's got two fantastic assistants in Nolan Pratt, and 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 I I did I, I was able to catch up with Ray Bennett for about 15 minutes uh, before the this after the morning skate yesterday. Like Blues fans, in my opinion, deserve a chance. Blues fans deserve another superstar okay and you know but but to get there there's gonna there will have to be some pain you know now look does the superstar come in the 10th overall pick uh, in, in a Dalibor Dvorsky I don't know we're gonna have to wait and see does it potentially come in a Jimmy Snuggerud? Maybe, but we're we're trying to find superstars because the Blues have been so successful for a 15-year period you're trying to find superstars in the late first round, in the second round. You're, you're, you're hoping that a second round or a third round really come through and 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 take over. And have you seen that? Yes, you do see that from time to time. Do, do you see it? You know, like, like uh, you know, Kirill Kaprizov. You know, like, 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 do you see that happen all the time? No, you don't. The question is, is like, like, and, and I'm watching Colorado, and at times, a couple years ago even, when you're looking at 
four of their top six were their own top ten picks. And the Blues have had one top ten pick since 2008. I just I, I feel for Blues fans because I want them to see that. But, again, there's still enough talent on this team that I don't think that's going to happen. And it's going to come from superior drafting and scouting. And I think we're still – we saw last night – last night we saw a team – that is in transition, which the Blues have been very honest about, playing against a team that is still a championship-caliber window team of winning a Stanley Cup. And that's the reality of last night, I thought. Yeah, I don't disagree at all, Curbs. But if you're if you're a Blues fan right now and you're listening to exactly what you just said, which was bang on, by the way, how, how do the fans get through this period of time because based on what you know we what we know is that the blues are going to have to be really really bad then to acquire some really high picks or go out and spend a whole bunch of money to try and bring somebody in or try to create some kind of a trade that probably won't be possible so it feels like there's no real changing it and i think that's what people tend to get frustrated with well that's where you're going to have that's where you're going to have to buy some time i thought joe vitale last night in our hockey halftime and, and this is really quite fascinating. Go look at the first four and a half to five full years in the league for Nathan McKinnon and compare him to the numbers of Robert Thomas. It's going to open your eyes. It's going to open your eyes. You're going to go, whoa. After five years in the league for Nathan McKinnon, there was talk in Colorado as he was playing in a third-line center role sometimes of did we make – is he really worth the first overall pick? And it wasn't until they moved Matt Duchesne out of the way that he really took off. And keep in mind, again, Nathan McKinnon at the time then starts playing center, and he's got Landis Cog on his left side and Ranton on the right. That's two first overall picks and a tenth overall pick, right? I, I bring that up because it just it just takes time. And you're talking about Robert Thomas in his sixth full season – you're talking about Jordan Cairo in his fifth full season, but you're also talking about two guys where two of those seasons were marred with COVID, weird stuff. You know, like, like there's just part of it. And I think we've seen a stall in some development around the league across the board because of some of this stuff. Um, you know, look at, look at Pedersen in his fifth year now with the Vancouver Canucks, right? It, it, it just takes some, some time and, and patience and, even look, you, if you're a Blues fan, Jamie, you're going to be excited to watch what Dvorsky does this season in junior hockey. And I suggest everybody keep an eye on, on, on Snuggerudin and what he's going to do in Minnesota. Um, you're looking down in the minors now, and you're just going to watch the continued development of a Zach Dean and a Bullduke. And you have to have some hope that those guys come in and do it. But even when they do, as you've noticed, it's taken a good number of years to rely on Thomas and Cairo, and that's going to happen with these other guys. It's part of a process. But I think what the Blues have done is still given you a good enough product to be excited about and, and that can be entertaining enough to come watch. And I know, look, they're, they're one game under 500. they You've only played eight games this season. And I want to tell you something. If that power play was going at all, or even if you got just that one timely goal with better execution and puck play, you're probably looking at a team that's 5-3 and three and with 10 points on the season sitting third and second in this division. Yeah. I actually I really believe they have that opportunity. Curbs, I appreciate you letting me be the irrational fan for uh, for a couple of minutes, and uh, you hanging with it, us nonetheless. It's therapeutic. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> every now and then, I even have to do it. And as Jamie will know, like we, we all kind of sometimes we do it on the road, like in a bar when nobody sees it. Yeah. Well, it's good, <laughs> but it's good though. It means you have expectations. You know, if it's like, oh well, okay, you know, 
the ho hum, then you don't have you don't have expectation. I expect this team to make the playoffs. Now I'm not well. You know, I don't think they're going to go anything further than that. But I think I think a rebound uh, coming off a non playoff year, I, I do think that this team is good enough talent wise and, and well coached to make the playoffs. But guys, I, I, I really thought they were going to come back and, and potentially and win that game last night. Going into going at, at the end of that second period, I thought. You know, and, and, and even when it was 2 nothing halfway through the second, I, I asked Joe, we were talking about turning break. I said, Joe, I, like, this game has that feel of a comeback. Mm-hmm. And, and, yes, it didn't happen, but um, I, I just think that, you know, there's two ways of looking at it. Watch the team. Keep your expectations realistic because the Blues have been realistic with how they've told you what their plan is and, and go from that. And in the worst-case scenario is a season drifts away like last year did a little bit. And you end up with another high draft pick, and frankly, in the long term, that's not a bad thing for right now. Yeah, I'm just being honest. I mean, I know fans may not want to hear it. Um, hell, management may not want to hear it. Somebody in the front office may not want to hear that. But I think this team has the talent to compete for a wild card spot. If it doesn't happen, I don't have a problem if they get a high enough draft pick to continue the transition process. Very true. Absolutely. Uh, Curbs, have a great rest of your week. We'll be listening tomorrow night as the Blues take on the Devils pregame starting right here on 101 at at, uh, 6 o'clock. Thanks. All right, guys. Have an awesome weekend. You too. Thank you. That's Chris Gerber here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. Did the Cars miss out out on another superstar? We'll talk about him next on 101 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It was definitely a drawing point for me. I, you know, I, I won in LA and they hadn't won in 30 years, and I saw what it did to a fan base. And when I found out that they had never won here, that was something that intrigued me. You know, to be able to start at the bottom and try and build something and compete, and to be able to do it, you know, it's 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 really satisfying. But it was uh, a lot of trust. You know, a lot of trust from them to me and me to them, and a lot of trust for Marcus to come. You know, a lot of trust for John. A lot of all these guys that came here and had the same vision. You know, it's pretty cool to see it through. That was Corey Seager of the now world champion Texas Rangers. It's the fast end on 101 ESPN. So the Cardinals miss out on another superstar. They, they had an opportunity if they wanted to to sign Corey Seager a year ago. But you heard him. What did Corey Seager say? It was interesting that they hadn't won before. I was drawn by that. Mm-hmm. This is where that whole free will thing comes in. Guys can sign wherever they want, Jamie. To that. Besides, oh, if you... If you, if you if you want me to repeat myself, Jamie. Please do, Anthony. Here we go again. What position does Corey Seager play? Well, you know, ultimately you'd like to have him at shortstop. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, here I'd put him in center field. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but I didn't see that coming. And Jamie, that was utterly brilliant, what you did. <laughs> Guy plays shortstop. 
Love to see him in left, though. <laughs> To go Glover at second. <laughs> to hell with it. Put him in center. <laughs> he don't pitch, though. Right? He doesn't pitch. Well, we don't know. Yeah, he might in the ninth inning. Maybe in the ninth when they're down 16. Close or when they're up 16. Yeah. When they're up 16. Yeah. I want to see the Cardinals spend their money on pitching moving forward. They they did the position player thing. It didn't work. It didn't work at all. And everybody, myself included, is complaining about the, the lack of an offense, especially in wake of the 2019 NLCS, we all got what, what was coming to us. You don't want to admit it, but you were one of them, Cardinal fan. Wanted more offense. Give us more offense. You saw what that got you when a team flat out ignored the pitching or gave up pitching it had to get more offense. Mm. We all got what was coming to us this year. It's a nice last place finish and a horrible season. I want to see them spend money and and resources, not just money and free agency, but the resources into pitching. Build the greatest pitching staff in the league. Then we can talk about beating some of these other teams. Did they miss out on Corey Seager? Maybe, if he wanted to come here. Focus the resources on pitching, Jamie. Yeah. Then you can turn as many infielders and outfielders as you want after that. <laughs> no, I don't, no, really I don't care after don't that. I don't think that that's a great plan. Um, but no, I agree with you. I mean, you have an area of need, and it's not just the rotation. Your bullpen needs work, too. So, Amen. Like, your scouting staff and your front office, and all boots on the ground when it comes to player um, signings and scouting, it has to be that way. Because mm-hmm. like, you're going to, you, ultimately, the big names are easy. It's easy to circle Nola, Snell, Sonny Gray. Oh, those are easy. You know what I mean? Where it gets difficult is now finding the names that can either round out your rotation or go to your bullpen. Because it's not sexy to build a bullpen. No. It's not, right? Because you you have to find specific pitchers that you think can slot into a specific spot in the game. What is best suited for pitcher X? Well, he's more of a, you know, five, sixth, fifth, sixth inning, give you two innings if you need it be, get you to the next one, or he can get you out of a jam, like whatever it is, until you get to what, who do you think could potentially be a closer, a setup man, all this stuff. So there's a lot of research that goes into players or pitchers rather that the casual baseball fan has no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. We know the Cardinals bullpen because we're in it every day. Do you know the bullpen in Kansas City? Absolutely not. For the most part, like we don't. But those guys are huge pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. Because nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, most guys don't pitch past five innings anymore. Mm-hmm. So just under half the game is going to your bullpen. So you probably should put some resources towards your bullpen, too, because they're going to be carrying a lot of the weight. And if you have a lead, you'd probably like to hang on to it. Mm-hmm. So you, it's not just the rotation you're for abs- me. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Look at Arizona. Arizona built a, built a damn fine bullpen when it was all said and done. Why did Arizona beat the Dodgers ultimately? They did two things. They had better pitching, and they had home runs. Why did Arizona beat Philadelphia? In the end, they had the better pitching because Brandon uh, Fodd outpitched Aaron Nola. 
and I don't mean like head-to-head, I just mean overall in the series. Yeah. They had better pitching, and they hit home they hit home runs. That's how Arizona did what it did. We like to complicate the hell out of everything. And we like to only view what we just saw and overlook the things that are tried, true, tested, all that crap. The Texas Rangers got excellent pitching, and they hit home runs. That's what it's going to take. You already have guys that can hit the ball out of the yard. Can they do it in October when it matters? I don't know. But they need to they need to rebuild. Jamie, you're absolutely right. They need to rebuild the entire pitching staff. And until they do that, they're not going anywhere. Bottom line. Yeah. Let's get to our sports six back. Let's get to our sports six back next here. If you have a question, 314-399-9646. Send it in. We'll do our sports six back next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. What's going on here today? It's a bizarre old world. <laughs> it's a fast lane on 101 you ESPN. Did you too much coffee today or something, nah. Anthony? Yeah, it's in a good mood. You're all fired up today. Yeah. Been in a real good mood today. Oh, you have been. I'm not I'm not disputing that. Oh, the morning started off a little rough, too. Walked into Lincoln's room and mm. flipped on the light. He puked all over himself. I'm like, this <laughs> isn't good. Another long night for Lincoln, huh? He was out. He's partying. Mm. All that candy. All, those, all that candy. It's around all those preschool kids. Mm-hmm. That's what he, happens. He didn't even go to preschool. Goes I know. To he likes older women. <laughs> he was going out with them. <laughs> candy and crayons. He turns two on Saturday, so he's 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 feeling a little bit yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can do whatever I want yeah. now. Yeah. I can finger paint. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this. All right, March. What do you got for our sports six pack? Question number one. From the 636, could the Stalter Clearit Academy, also known as the Stalter Clearit Camp, yeah. help with some of the blue line turnover issues? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I think when I, Jamie... Quite honestly, when, it would fuel into it. Jamie, if, <laughs> Jamie, if I may. <laughs> Jamie, if I may. You do your thing. Okay, I know you got the SynergyHockeySkills.com yep. uh, and SynergyHockeySkills, uh, your, your camp. Available. Absolutely. Now, uh, I and, and and listen, this is... We're not competing... Uh, we're not competing with our camps. No, we mm. sure aren't. So, <laughs> yeah, you guys are part of the same team. No, no we're not. No. Well, no. We, he he made it clear that he didn't want the clear camp under the synergy hockey yep. skills umbrella, and that's fine, we're Jamie. I respect. Competing. I respect what you do. Mm. Okay, but if I may, yes. When I'm watching the Blues, yes. What I don't see is their ability to clear the puck out of their own defensive zone mm-hmm. quick enough. It's leading to a, a, a clunky transition game. And then, I mean, forget it. Nobody's trying offensively out there. But it starts, Marsh, without... It starts on the back end. It really does. They're not, they're not yeah. clearing it. No, I mean, they're, they're spending too much... Correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie. Oh, they're spending too much time in yeah. their own defensive zone. They are. 
What happens when you clear? You get the puck out of your defensive zone. High and hard off the glass. Exactly. Who gets the puck? That's where you got to chase it down. That's the next camp. That's the chase it down camp. Correct. Mm. We're trying to. It's been difficult. No no offense, but from guys like you giving us so much pushback on this, it's been difficult to get the clear camp up and going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do have visions for the chase it down camp next. Uh, Let me help you out a little bit here. Not it, that I need it, no, but that's okay. If, uh, one professional. Yes, absolutely. One professional to the other. So, Anthony, in your clear it out at all cost. Uh, no, it's just clear it out, Camp. At all cost. Clear Camp. Your your campaign here. Um, you're basically uh, throwing the puck to an area that you don't really – it's not a very predictable play for your teammates, and you're giving the puck back to the opposition. I don't think that's what you should be doing right now, but I like where your head's at from a overall concept of getting the puck out of your end. Thank you. Now, the quickest way to do that is not to fire it off the glass every single time you get it. Every now and then, it works. It's a necessity. You're under pressure. Mm-hmm. You, you make a smart play. Best way to do it would be like puck support, be available, and make a pass tape to tape. Mm-hmm. The alley-oop is probably my favorite. Yeah, I saw that in Mighty Ducks too. D two. Yeah. Oh yeah, good call. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Jamie, can I ask you a question? Oh, please. Uh, see, for me, what I vision as we start to build on this clearer camp is not, not just not just clear it out mm-hmm. of your defensive zone, mm-hmm. but clear it off of the boards or the glass, perfectly to that F one streaking down the other side. Mm-hmm. So, what what I'm thinking here is we. We bank that mother blanker off of the board or yeah. the glass, and you get that frozen piece of rubber yeah. on a on an angle, and you got that F one mm-hmm. streaking yeah. on we've, a nine route. We've seen that work with uh, Tory Krug and Vladimir Tarasenko exactly. last season. The defense is—I mean, you're not—you're not playing defense. You're playing offense if you're the opposition, right? So you're not even expecting it. So boom, ricochet off, and you got that nine route going down the other side. Okay. Perfectly, perfect, perfect pass. Mm. You're already behind everybody, and now you got a clear breakaway. Yeah. And you could do this over mm-hmm. and over and over again. You know what, Anthony? You're 100% right. I mean, the other team will never catch on to it. Mm-hmm. And the percentages of you executing that play are high yeah. every single time. Well, if you got the skill and the camps to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's a good start, Anthony. Man, I, I think I think we should have a Anthony's... Anthony Stalter's power play camp. Mm. I think a, it's the same. Uh, you running a, an <laughs> umbrella together? An umbrella? Is that what you're running? What? That's my defense. I'm running. I'm running a, a shell. I'm running a shell defense. <laughs> hey, Do two guys the, up high. Uh, I want to give yeah. the, the, the. I want to give the the. Uh, what's the area right past the the red line there? Oh, I don't know. It's your camp. Right past the red line. Yeah, the neutral zone. No, uh, going into the. Going into the offensive zone. The offensive zone. You got the blue the, line. Okay, you got the high. You got the slot. You got the high slot. What's the area up the top? Yeah, in the, the zone or out of the zone? In the zone. That's high. What are you talking? At the point. About? Yeah, the point. Yeah, okay. You call it top of the key. I'm going. I'm, D- don't confuse him. I'm giving them the top of the key. Okay, they can shoot <laughs> as many three pointers as they want. But, oh, Jesus. But I've got I got coverage on the I got coverage on the boards and then I shell it from there. Okay, so I got protection right there in the middle. Three guys, basically. Middle, sides, Whoa. shell. Call it the shell defense. Mm. They think, man, we got the entire, all, you know, got the entire middle of the ice here. 
They don't. Mm. Not one bit. Mm. Zig while everyone else zags. Shell defense. I got more for you guys. I've been working on some stuff. Yeah. Question number two. We may only get two questions because the 618 has a question. Oh. Okay. Where is my Cardinals press conference? I think we got it for you. Yeah. It's drunk Mo. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. I gotta tell you something. I don't care if Montgomery and Maddox won the World Series. Maddox. <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah, that guy didn't want to be here anyway, so. Yeah. You don't want to be a Cardinal. No, you don't want to do this. What are the Rangers got that we don't? I mean, apart from pitching and hitting. Recent World Series. Recent World Series. I don't know what the hell we're going to do in the offseason, but uh, we're, uh, we're going to get something. There's your blank and you're, press conference. And you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. See you next year, folks. There you go. <laughs> 618, you're welcome. Question number three. Next text we get from him is, I'm glad this is a joke to you. <laughs> glad losing is glad a joke. losing is a joke to you. <laughs> Wait, hang on. We haven't lost in a while. True. <laughs> There's literally a text at 323. I'm glad losing is funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's got staples. He's got set texts in his phone. Oh, yeah. He just like taps the button and yep. like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. that. Yeah, as soon as we start having a little fun, yeah, he's all over that. He doesn't like fun. Nah. He must be great at parties. I think he is. Yeah, he's probably not invited. That's not true. Oh, come on, Jamie. Anyways, from the 815, who would be harder for you to part with in a trade, Brendan Donovan or Lars Newtbar? Uh, problem. Lars Newtbar. I think Lars Newbar. Yeah, I would say Newbar too. Because you've you, you kind of have a version of Donovan, and and Edmund. you may have a better version of Donovan and Tommy Edmund. And no, and that Sajisi. Oh, he hasn't done. We hasn't played the big league level yet. No, but you may. That's why I said you may. I mean, don't get sni- Brendan don't Donovan get, don't was get snippy with me. Okay, you've had your fun. Just calm down now. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Brendan Donovan came out of relative obscurity too. Just dad and me. I did. I say enough. Just <laughs> <laughs> literally something I say to my boys. You're totally just dad. I can tell <laughs> when they like try to talk tough to me in public or something. You've had your fun. I let it go, and then I'm like, all right, you've had your fun. Like that's go enough. Ahead. We're yeah. done. Um, but Brendan Donovan came out of relative obscurity. Mm-hmm. Terry, like, oh, where'd this guy come from? Right? At least this Sagisi. Is that how you say it? Sagisi. Sagisi. I've heard it both ways. Whatever. He he absolutely he absolutely dominated minor league baseball last year. Every level he played at, he was he was really good. So who's to say he's not the next Tommy Edmond slash Brendan Donovan? And you've got the other guy that they traded for as well. Right. You got two more Brendan Donovan. Like so, Bren. the percentages tell me that I'd rather hang on to Lars. Yeah. And move on to the next Brendan Donovan-ish player Agreed. that we have. Yeah, I agree. One, two, three, four. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. I missed that. Question number four. Grinding. I missed that clip. You miss it both. Miss that clip because mm. you know I, don't, uh, I just don't miss the lineup game. Mm. Gotcha. Because that got awful at the end there. 
It was interesting. <laughs> Jamie, real quick here from the 636. What is your favorite Mark Bergevin story slash prank? Hashtag Burger Van. Oh, wow. There's a couple of Bergy stories that were great. One is when we were getting ready to go on the road one time. Uh, Bergy took all of the sticks out of the stick bag and got into the stick bag himself <clears throat> naked and <laughs> had one of the assistant trainers like zip them in there. Wow. And so we're getting ready. It's always a bit of a panic. We practice and the trainers are grabbing the stick bags to get on the road. And oh boy. Bert Godin, who is our equipment manager at the time, he grabs, you know, goes to grab the stick bag. It's, I mean, they're heavy. So he's like picking up and it's like weird feeling. So he's like, what the hell? Like, you know, so he unzips it and Bergie comes flying out of the stick bag naked at him. Wow. Scared the living bejesus out of him. <laughs> So that was kind of funny. Um, there was another time we were playing in Phoenix in the playoffs. Was it Phoenix or was it L.A.? Uh, one of those series. And um, Bergie was hurt. And so, you know, you have the team bus that leaves the hotel. And uh, Bergie lined up about a half a mile down the street. Nobody knew about it. And he dressed up as like a super blues fan, like with hair and painted <laughs> face and had a big sign, like, let's go blues. It was, it was Bergie that yeah. did it. So that was kind of funny. And Bursch too, you get out on the road and Bursch had, was like us, Anthony, had a pretty big nose. Mm -hmm. And um, he loved to order like a cappuccino with the, <laughs> with the whipped cream. Yeah. And so he would take a sip and stick the tip of his nose into the cappuccino and then pull it out and leave the whipped cream on his nose, but uh -huh. act like he didn't know. Yeah. And then he'd go talk to like some random girl. Be like, hey, how are you? You know, <laughs> just talk, or some other dude. Yeah. Be like, hey, ask about today? the stock market. And people like looking at it like, this guy's serious? Yeah. And he wouldn't break character. <laughs> yeah. And then he'd take another sip and dip his nose in it again <laughs> and just go on his mother's merry way. <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. All right, uh, we need a we need a gauntlet participant today. So if you want to text in the three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six, the word gauntlet, you have an opportunity to play one of us today here in the fast lane on one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 404, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Time for the gauntlet, and we welcome in Mike. What's up, Mike? How are we doing? We're doing great today. Would you like to, first of all, uh, welcome into the gauntlet. Yeah, uh, first you, time? Ah, so I jumped right rude, in. I was, I was very rude there. Yeah, Still I was ready to go. fired up about the clear camp. I'm very excited about uh, a lot of things we just unearthed with the clear camp. Mm. Mike, first time in the gauntlet? Yes, sir. All right, well, welcome in. Would you like to take on Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, or me today? In your... Let's take him on uh, Jamie today. All right. I feel like I'm the target here yeah. recently. Mike, is there anything in particular that you don't like about me, or is there anything in particular that you do, maybe like dislike a lot about me? I don't know. Yeah. I think you're just a well-rounded guy. Oh, he's being nice, Anthony. Yeah, but that—that's tough because now I feel bad. Like, I like Mike now. I feel like he Trojan horse you a little bit. A there. little bit. I'm not sure. We'll find out. Yep. All right, Mike. Good luck, my man. All right, appreciate it. All right, Jamie's gonna make his way into the cone of silence. Mike, you're gonna tell uh, Marsh to spin that wheel. All right, Marsh, spin that wheel. What category are you hoping for, Mike? 
Doesn't really matter. Not a huge fan of random. Not a huge fan of random. You're okay with hockey then, huh? Yeah, that'll work. Okay. Well, uh, Jamie mm-hmm. always gets this category, I feel. It's foosball. Perfect. I feel you're, Okay, perfect. You feel good about it. As Marsh is getting us our launch codes, four questions, all football to Mike. Same four questions, all football to Jamie Rivers today. Each question is worth two points unless Mike or Jamie ask for the options. And if they ask for the options, those questions become worth one point. Are you ready, Mike? I'm ready. Okay. Chiefs wide receiver, McCall Hardman, went to which SEC school? Which SEC school did McCall Hardman, Hardman attend? Uh, let's go with the options here. Was he an Ole Miss Rebel, a Georgia Bulldog, or an Alabama Crimson Tide? Let's go Ole Miss. Final answer? Yes, sir. Question number two. Which Minnesota Viking currently leads the team in receiving yards? Oh, man. I'm going to have to take the options on that as well. Options are Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, or Jordan Addison? Jordan Addison. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Mike, question three. Mizzou will have three games left after they face Georgia this Saturday. Of those three games, only one will be a road game. Which team do the Tigers play on the road after they play number one ranked Georgia? Alabama. Final answer? Final answer. Question number four. Emmett Smith played 13 seasons with the Dallas Cowboys. He played two seasons after his stint in Dallas with which team? Arizona Cardinals. Final answer. Okay. Well, we'll welcome uh, Jamie back in from the Cone of Silence here. Mike, how are you feeling? All right. Okay, we'll see Could how. Be better. Could be worse. All right, fair enough. Jamie's making his way back in from the cone of silence. Jamie, how was how was the cone? Uh, it was uh, populated today. We had mm. uh, Bradford Bruns in there, and we had Tanner Hendrickson, myself. The heat was cranked up. I feel like it was trying to get me off my game. It was a little mm. sauna action for you? Yeah. Well, you're back in the meat locker, so. Thank you, Anthony. Jamie, are you ready? Uh, sure. The wheel spun. Football for you. Football is your football. category. Let's go. Let's Question party. number one. Chiefs wide receiver McCall Hardman went to which SEC school? Oh, yeah, that one. Mm. I'm torn between a couple. Mm. Let's narrow it down. All right. Give me the options, please. Was he an Ole Miss Rebel, a Georgia Bulldog, or an Alabama Crimson Tide? So was he a Rebel? Crimson Tide. Or bulldog. I have no idea, really. Cole Hardman. I feel like he was a uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Final answer. Final answer. Question number two: Which Minnesota Viking currently leads the team in receiving yards? I. That's the question. I know. I feel like this is, this is a Trojan horse question. Uh, with Justin Jefferson. Final answer. Mizzou will have three games left after they face Georgia this Saturday. Of those three games, Jamie, only one will be a road game. 
which team do the Tigers play on the road after they play number one ranked Georgia? I believe they go to Tennessee, don't they? So you have three games following the game to Georgia? Mm-hmm. Which is a road game? So let's try to remember who the hell they have here. I believe that I saw it that they were going to Tennessee. Yeah, I'll say Tennessee. Final answer. Say it right. Tennessee. There we go. Question number four. I do not feel good right now about these. Don't smile, Marshy. I'm not. Smirk. I love that hat, by the way, Marsh. Thank you. Hey, he a little crap-eating grin behind the mic over there. He's laughing at my failures. He is. Let's just see how this thing plays out. Question number four. Emmett Smith played 13 seasons with the Dallas Cowboys. He played two seasons after his stint in Dallas with which team? Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, I do, but I can't remember. I think I remember. Boy, this is not this has not been fun for me. Give me the options, please. Options are the Cardinals, the Lions, or <sighs> the 49ers. The Cardinals. Final answer. I'm disgusted. All right, let's go over these. Mm. Mike versus Jamie today. Emmett Smith played 13 seasons, 13 seasons with the Dallas Cowboys. He played two seasons after his stint in Dallas with which team? Jamie, you went with the Arizona Cardinals. Mike, you went with the Arizona Cardinals. Correct answer is? It is the Arizona Cardinals. But Mike did not need the options on that one, so Mike has a 2-1 lead over Jamie today. Chiefs wide receiver McCall Hardman went to which SEC school? Mike, with the options, you went Ole Miss. Jamie, with the options, you went Alabama. Correct answer is? It is Georgia. He's a George, he was a Georgia Bulldog. So Mike's still with a 2-1 lead. Mizzou will have three games left after they face Georgia this Saturday. Of those three games, only one will be a road game. Which team did the Tigers play on the road after they play number one ranked Georgia? Mike, without the options, you said Alabama. Unfortunately, they don't play Alabama. Jamie, without the options, you said Tennessee. To Tennessee. And they do play Tennessee. Marsh, should they play them on the road? They do not. No. It is Arkansas. Arkansas is the team they play on the road. So Mike, still with a 2-1 lead over Jamie. Comes down to this. Which Minnesota Viking currently leads the team in receiving yards? Neither of you. Actually, Mike, you did use the options. You went with Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. Jamie, interesting choice. You went Justin Jefferson, even though he's been out three games. So Jamie with Justin Jefferson without the options. Mike with Jordan Addison. Both of those guys were options. TJ Hawkinson was an option, too. Again, Justin Jefferson hasn't played in weeks. How many targets that guy has this year, though? Jordan Addison, seven touchdowns. They both have over 50 targets. Jefferson with 53, Addison with 52. This is how it's going to work. Have you seen the yak, though, on Jefferson? If it's Jordan Addison, Mike (laughs) wins today. If it's Justin Jefferson, Jamie wins today because he decided not to use the options. If it's TJ Hawkinson, again, Mike wins. So Jamie's going to need this to be Justin Jefferson, who hasn't played in weeks. Mike. You have chosen 
poorly. You lose. It was Justin Jefferson. Still Justin Jefferson. My man didn't play in a while. It doesn't matter. Justin Jefferson with 571 (laughs) yards receiving. Jordan Addison, 482. Jamie wins today by virtue of that question. 3-2 over Mike. Sorry, Mike. Don't worry. Thanks for having me. Thanks for playing. Thanks a lot, Mike. Have a good one, man. All right, you as well. Jamie, I was I was waiting for the walk off until you heard the Cardinals there at the mm. end. So even though even though uh, the Cardinals won won it for you, even though you couldn't think of it off the top of your head, you knew it right away. I, as soon as I was like, oh, son of a, because you know you try to picture them in the uniform, yep. and I was like, ah, oh, picture him, and then as soon as he said Cardinals, I was like, oh, I remember son now, I yeah. now. Mm-hmm. The one question I have though is, I beat Mike three to two, right? Yes. I'll find out later if I beat. Ashley's son, Reed. Reed is listening to the gauntlet Ooh, right now. Okay. Mm. He is an encyclopedia of knowledge. Does so, Reed want to participate in the real gauntlet someday? I'm sure he'd love to. Well, we'll we have can... to run that up the we'll have to run that up the food chain though. So, so check mom. with the authorities. See what you know, yeah. if he's allowed to. Sure. Mm. Um, but I don't want him to pick me. He's gonna bury me. This kid knows so much stuff. We'll face him against Marsh. Oh yeah, Marshy and Rito Burrito. That'd be a classic. Why, why are you? Why? Why? Why are you gonna do that? Because he's a great kid. He's a great Marshy. kid, and we know what you do to great kids. Yep, we know. <laughs> <laughs> we know it. Okay, uh, we don't even have to talk about it. We just know. Oh man! All right, nice job there, Jamie. Hey, let's get back into these blues. Was the one thing that? Yeah. Uh, well, no, let's get let's uh, let's do it. Let's yeah. talk Lakers Clippers. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Baby. we're gonna talk about the Blues after James Harden. After we hand out some Blink One Eighty Two tickets, one on one ESPN. That's us. We have your chance to score a pair of tickets to see Blink One Eighty Two at Enterprise Center on August tenth. But you gotta answer this trivia question correctly first. The question is, name the song where Tom, Mark, and Travis run around naked in this particular song's music video. There you have it. If you have the correct answer mm. to this question, yeah. text it now to 314-399-9646. you got to be the 101st texter with the correct answer for your chance to win free tickets to see, to see Blink-182. And you can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to see Blink-182 at Enterprise uh, at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. What was one thing that caught our attention earlier from having Chief on? We'll tell you next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, if you missed anything from our show earlier today, including our chat with Chief, you can always download the podcast at 101ESPN.com, your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One of the things that uh, Chief was talking about earlier today was, well, we'll just let uh, Chief tell you, because this is one of the things that really caught our attention, Jamie, you specifically. I think it's the mindset more than anything. When I look back at some of these losses, uh, the Winnipeg game, uh, last night's game, and 
the Vancouver game to a certain extent, but you know, if you look at all those games, they're one goal games going into a period, and we don't, um, you know, that's where we got to make a push, and we didn't. Like last night for me, we had a power play to start the third period, and we could have got some momentum out of it, but we didn't. Um, but we didn't make that push that was needed. You know, it's like we make mistakes at the wrong times right now. That's you know causing us hockey game. Yeah, he's not wrong. <clears throat> There's several opportunities throughout the first seven games, eight games of play here for the Blues that were missed opportunities. Mm. And a lot of it surrounds the power play. Yep. Because you, you've got games where it's scoreless and a power play goal puts you up by one. you got games where you're down by a goal and the power play goal ties you back up. you got other games to start the third period, gets you right back in the game, and it's a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it's not just – it's not just – not scoring on the power play. It's not scoring on the power play in times of need. Mm-hmm. And that has to change. they got one goal while you're on the power play. Yeah. It's got to change. They've got to create more. Um, they've got to create more offense from it. And, yes, they, they had some better looks yesterday. But, man, I'm just – maybe it's an old-school approach, old-school thought process. But when your power play is struggling, take the options out of the hands of your players. And all that means is pound the puck to the net. Put two guys in front, one guy in the slot, have two defensemen up top, bopping that thing back and forth and just hammer it. Just hammer it. If someone gets in the shot lane, hit the bumper guy in the middle, get it back, pass it over, hammer it again. And just keep going until something goes off something into the net for you. Mm-hmm. But then you got, if you're going to play that way, then you have to be absolutely hungry on loose pucks. You have to have solid puck retrieval. Because shooting the puck, the puck going to an area, and then you not retrieving it, it's no different than just passing the puck to the opposition. Sure. So, hungry to get to the front of the net, shot first mentality, and then the hunger to get those loose pucks afterwards. Here's what Chief had to say when we asked him about the Blues power play. You want to score on it, but it's about creating some momentum and some good luck more than anything. I think that that. The number one priority right now is creating good looks, and that's key. We're not creating enough, of, you know. In my opinion, now we get a couple here and there, like we get we're getting some on the power play, but not enough. And I think that there's just got to be a different mindset that we're trying to get across to our players that we've got to have more of an attack mentality and get pucks to the net and create some chaos. And it's not always going to be a pretty goal. It's going to be an ugly goal, but that could kickstart you too. But I think it's just about creating momentum for your team. Yeah, so there you have Chief talking about an ugly goal. Those count too. They count all the same. It doesn't matter how you put the puck in the net. It's a goal. Mm -hmm. But I do like what he said about creating looks. And looks is the new terminology for some of our listeners because over the course of the years, a scoring chance has turned into a look now. Yeah. Don't know why they've changed the verbiage. But it, it doesn't is, matter. It is what it is. We're going we're gonna to just let the listeners know that that means a scoring chance so that when they hear it in the future, they'll know what we're talking about. So creating good looks is important. What does that create? Confidence. Mm-hmm. It Which lets is what he talked about. Yeah, it lets you know that you're able to create these opportunities because for a while there, it felt like the Blues couldn't create anything, mm-hmm. and they weren't. The first two or three games, it was like, woof. Like, not even getting shots on net. Never mind a look. It's not even a shot. So, 
yes, the, the power play has the, – the problem is that the power play hasn't scored. If you'd mixed in a goal or two in the last you know, two, three games, it would look better. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, you can see it's on the uptick. Well, the power play is on the uptick, but you have nothing to show for it right yeah. now. Yeah. Which is hard to then say that it's on the uptick. One hundred percent. Well, they're not scoring. It's not good. Yeah. And I can't. I have no pushback. Right. To that, except for the eyeball test for me when I look at it, it looks at least more organized. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think that part of the problem is faceoffs and zone entries for the Blues? Oh, the, the faceoffs are one thing. Zone entries for sure. Like how how can they fix that though? Because it seems like and, and this is they're not the only team that does this. I am not a huge fan of the drop pass and then the guy skates it in. I'm sure a lot of people don't like that. It's just my opinion. I'm sure there's reasons why teams do it, and it, obviously they do it because it works at some points. But I just feel like there's they're so flat footed heading into the zone that by the time the one guy tries to make a move at the blue line it's either getting broken up or they have no speed heading into the zone to retrieve those loose pucks yeah so the drop pass breakout is actually formulated to catch the other team flat footed and so the purpose of it is to come up with speed and this is where it gets lost a little bit is it's so methodical now. It's like everybody knows it's coming. The, mm-hmm. the the original version of it was to have the defenseman pop out with speed up the ice hard and then get to the center ice where usually that's where you dump the puck in or do something and then drop the pass back mm-hmm. to another player who's circling down below him to come with full speed to get the puck. So what happens is the defending team has to respect the initial puck carrier. So they have to back off and they back off all the way to their blue line but now the puck gets bumped back 15, 20 feet right. to a guy with full speed. And now you're sitting there like a dead duck. You're like, ah, right. what now? <laughs> right? And so you were able to find seams to either enter with puck possession or just come up and flat out just chip it ahead and mm-hmm. skate past everybody and get it because they couldn't maintain their speed. So that was the original version of Which it. Which totally makes sense. Yeah. And so, but what teams did is they got, they got smart defensively and they'd layer their forwards to the neutral zone now so the first guy would cushion only to the red line and then force so now if you wanted to drop pass it you had extra pressure so now you've got the double drop pass so you got one and then the next one cross ice and i don't mind it because most teams now are trying to cut the ice in half with their first or two forwards in the middle of the ice is angling and then the second guy angles too so you have to almost hinge it so you drop pass all the way back and then you change puck side, and then there should be a three-on-two on that side of the ice. Even two-on-one, three-on-two, depending on how you get your guys over there. Mm-hmm. And your blue line guys are not supposed to stop. They're supposed to stay in motion, kind of cutting across the blue line, so that when the puck enters the zone, they have speed. But, again, it's timing, it's execution. And that's mm-hmm. why when Chief talks about we're not executing, that's just one of the ways that they're not executing, mm-hmm. is the timing. That's why I said at the beginning of the season, the routes... People don't understand how important it is. Like, when they ice the puck, it's not in your best interest to cut the route short. It's like some guys think, well, I'm just going to get do my quick loop and get up the ice. Well, no, there's a, there's a reason why you're timing your loop or your regroup is to create that advantage. And when you, when you screw up the timing in one spot, it screws up the timing for everything. Because mm-hmm. your defenseman now is looking for a play that maybe is there, isn't there. You're 10 feet ahead when you should be back 10 feet. And then it creates a certain amount of chaos and then chaos always works in the favor of the penalty kill. Anytime that there can be chaos created, the penalty kill gets the advantage. So that's why it's important to be uh, poised with the puck on the power play, be confident, 
and execute your patterns the correct way. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. If you get a hot take or hot garbage statement for us, send it into the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. We'll play hot take or hot garbage next. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time to play hot take or hot garbage here in the fast lane on 101 to ESPN. This is where you send in a sports take, and we tell you whether it's a hot take or just pure hot garbage. What do you got there, Marsh? From a 636 hot take, Goldie is at a downhill slide, and Moe should have traded him at the deadline or should trade him in the offseason while he still has value. Well, Jim, you know how I feel. Go ahead. That's a hot take right there, baby. He's 37 years old. He probably probably still will have another good year. But what about in two years? And you need pitching more than anything. Now, will he waive his no-trade clause? No, I don't think so. But that's a hot take. Could have traded him for pitching uh, even before the trade deadline. Didn't. Will you trade him this offseason for pitching? Probably not. So, this is what the... You're gonna you're just gonna have this Paul Goldschmidt for another year and then probably extend him and still not get any pitching. By the way, Brad Thompson texts in, is this true or pro? Come on, Brad. Jeez. Actually different. It is different. It's way, way different. different. Way, way different. different. Um, as far as Goldie's concerned, what do you and, and this is just extending the conversation for a second, what do you get for Goldie? With a year left on his deal, if you wanted to trade him at 37, like, what level of pitcher do you think you get? For real. I'm talking Paul Goldschmidt right now. For one year? For one year. Basically a rental. Uh, You'll probably get uh, somebody that is established but not an ace. Okay. Maybe a... a number three right now that could be a number two heading into next season. Okay. I'm just wondering what the value would be. I'm not saying he's valuable or he's not. I'm not making, I, I don't have a stance yeah. on it. I'm just trying to figure out if it would actually be worth the Cardinals, you know, kind of thinking about it. And I'm not trading for prospects. Then the, he's got more value for you. I'm trading for an established, established that's why starter. I don't like, that's why I don't like your answer. Yeah. Because quite honestly, if I'm trading an established Paul Goldschmidt, I'd like to get an established number two pitcher at least. Mm-hmm. Would you do it for an established number two pitcher? Because don't forget, you free up a spot then too. Maybe you kick Jordan Walker to first, get him out of the outfield, get one of the other infielders out in the outfield, and then you're good there. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard for me to fathom trading Goldie. Meat also texted. Sounds like true poo. You know, guys. Meat. You know, meat. you know, guys. I miss meat. It's just different. It is. It's just, it's different. just different. And if you can't hear it, then we can't help you. Yeah. All right. The next one. Did you trade him? I, I said I have a hard time imagining that I would trade him. Okay. I'd have to know. Like you'd have to tell me. Boy, get off the fence. Make a decision. Shush your face for a second. You'd have to tell me who the pitcher is. You couldn't just say an established number two. 
Right. Anthony, as much as I know you like a good old established number two, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. uh, I'd doesn't? still like to know who that is. Okay. Hmm. All right, guys, from Thanks Dad, true or, I mean, a hot take or hot garbage. Unbelievable. 100 grand bars are the best chocolate bars and deserve more respect. Hot garbage. Hot take. Hot take. Those hot things, garbage. Those, those things, things are, are awesome. Terrible. What? You don't, terrible. you don't like them because your teeth, them. some of your teeth are fake and w- the, the, the nougat some? gets stuck in there. <laughs> Most. Okay, Anthony, if you're trying to hurt me today, go I'm ahead. not trying to hurt you. Did I'm just trying get, to spit did facts. Did I just get a brand new tooth put in about a week and a half ago? I did, and I like it. I like to keep it, too. Hot garbage. I'd it's use hot. it as a doorstop. That's a hot take. Wow. Those are it's so good. I had take. my first 100 gram bar Blew a few your days mind. ago. Oh. It did. Blew Chocolate, my mind right out of the water. Nougat. little rice. Yeah. Crispy. Absolutely. Whatever up top there. Little yeah. John That's solid. Nougat Hopkins. Absolutely. Well played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, can I be honest for a second? You don't know what it is. I've never had one. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm telling the truth now, too. You know it. The fact that you said you'd use it as a doorstop makes it yeah. even more funny, then. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, from the 618, hot take or hot garbage, the Bears and Panthers aren't as bad as everybody thinks, and the Chiefs and 49ers aren't as good as everybody thinks. Whoa, that's a double part question. That's a little much mm. for the fast lane. It's a double barrel uh, question. I'm going to go with hot garbage. I, I realize... It's both hot take and hot garbage. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, the, the top teams are never as good as you think, and the bottom teams aren't are never as bad as you think because the NFL is just... There's not a lot of separation. But, boy, you picked out some really bad teams. Panthers and Bears. I mean, the Bears are very bad. So yeah, they're terrible. I'm going to say hot garbage on that. I understand where you're coming from with like the Chiefs. They got some warts, and the 49ers obviously got some some warts as well. But come mm, on. I'm green for that. That checked out. Uh, from the 314, hot take or hot garbage, the Cowboys should only be allowed to wear white at home. It's stupid when other teams do it. So here's where I am with the whole uniform thing. Okay. Yeah, I've got a couple of different ideas. All right. Mm. So when I came into the NHL, we wore white at home. They need to go back to that. But why can't you do, like, half the season? So, like, I don't understand. The NHL wants to sell more jerseys, Mm -hmm. and they want to do all that stuff. Why, at the 41-game mark, why do you not switch it? And then the second half of the season, you wear your home or your road, whatever it is. Like so, for the I like Blues, this. Yeah, they wear their blue jerseys all the way up until game forty-one of the season, or their whatever their halfway point for home games, mm-hmm. and then they switch to the white for the second half. Yeah, I and like that them. way there too, you get to see the uniforms of the other teams. I don't know why they don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's a easy marketing thing to sell more jerseys because if I see the blue jerseys all the time, I see the white ones on TV. Right, but, but I don't. If I'm yeah. not in mm-hmm. those, I, I don't like. Eh, you know? Right. Yeah, that's a good call. So that's my stance on that. The second part with the NFL, they're missing out on the logos on the front. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just these crappy numbers all over the place. Logos on the front. But I, I don't mind them mixing it up from time to time. I, I like the, the other night, what was your temperature on the Detroit Lions? All terrible. gray with those blue horrible chrome domes there. I don't like them. I, I, like the, I like the Thanksgiving versions of the Lions. So... I loved the blue helmet. The blue chrome I thought was awesome. The gray was too bland. Yeah. If you're going to have the the bougie, you know, the bling, mm-hmm. then 
have the gray, but then have some of that bright white and bright blue on the uniform too to pull like all together. Mm. You know, like fashion is my yeah my uh, hidden passion. I'm seeing Anthony. this yeah. right now when it comes to sports uniforms. Yes, yeah. Typic- we- typically, the the teams that play in warm weather like to pl- like to have the white at home mm. and then put them oh, in. God, really, they They're do that soft. The- they do. Well, the Falcons all in black. That's one thing that probably suck. But they play in a dome. They play in a dome. Now they're fine. Yeah. Although when they played the Titans last week, I'm now I'm thinking this: the Titans were in the blue, and the, mm-hmm. the Falcons were in the black. Yeah, I because think, the Titans like, were neither used an Oiler uniforms. Yeah, yeah. That's why they. But were why in the didn't blue. the Falcons go all white then? Probably because it Confusing. was too bright of a blue. Well, the other team had white pants on too. Can't have white pants on white pants. Why it's Desmond confusing. Ritter? Desmond Ritter doesn't know which team to throw to. He already is confused. <laughs> It's <laughs> a good point. Going back to the Cowboys' white uniforms, I know they're a staple in the NFL. They're iconic. I think they're dumb. I don't like silver pants. What's wrong they're with not you? even silver. They're like they're yeah, like, like silverly blue. Wait, which Plus, ones? they're not even the, the same color. The Cowboys he hates the Cowboys. Hate the Cowboys. But tell me like, you don't like hell, those. Bro? Tell me. Tell me you don't like those Thanksgiving uniforms those that they wear sometimes. Those are awesome. But because with the white the the white helmet with the blue star, they actually match. And the blue and the dark blue. Jersey, you've seen them, right? The Cowboys yeah. alternative. They're great. The old school ones. I like their helmets yes. now. <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me. I don't me know like either. That. I'm, like, yeah. yes. I'm like trying to convince you. You're like, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm right there with <laughs> you, man. <laughs> their white uniforms are white with the blue stripes with black lining on it. Where, where on, on earth do they have black in their mm-hmm. Where on earth did the St. Louis Blues have red in their jerseys? Why yeah. do we have to deal with that, Marshy? Well, good point. you know what? I will say there's red in the St. Louis flag. So oh. I'll give it that. The, but yeah, the, but the, to Jamie's point, you just the, snuck in some red for no reason. But the pants, the pants don't even match. They don't even match the gray. No. They're I'm, all different colors. I'm with you. It's stupid. I'm with you. And yeah. the, I hate the team. God, I love the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Cowboys. There it is. <laughs> How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Speaking of Cowboys, are we picking them this week against the Eagles? NFL Pick'em Challenge next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get ready to pick up. It's the Fast Lane Football Pick'em Challenge on 101 ESPN. Refreshed by Bud Light. Boy, you sure know how to pick them. NFL Week 9, and we're going to do our Pick'em Picks yeah, right now because Jamie is in for two hours tomorrow. Dan McLaughlin filling in for the other it's two. It's going to be really good two hours. Though. Yeah, no doubt. And Andrew Marsh, uh, he decided to take the whole damn day off. What the hell? What? Yeah. What now, what are you doing Marsh? that's more important in a fast lane? Yeah. Like, divulge. Yeah. Well. Unless it's something really personal, then we... No, it's, I mean, it's not personal. have a little bachelor party oh. uh, tomorrow. In Minnesota? Um, no. No, right here. Right here. A little bachelor Your bachelor party? No, Jamie not my bachelor party. Andrew? But uh, part of that will be partaking and watching the Blues take on the Devils. Oh, that's right. I remember this. Devils. That's right. You're going to be in gonna, a suite. Yeah. going to be in a suite. 
So you must have connections. Are you golfing? Maybe in the in the day time. No, I just, no, I just, Anthony. What? Well, part of a bachelor party. Typically, you golf and then you know Do you go you? to the well. Yeah. Friday night, you know, not mine. The game will end. It's part of the other. It's part of the festivities. Part of. If I'm being honest, the doors open 90 minutes before puck drop. You're gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. Okay, fair oh, enough. Boy. And that'll be during the show. Anyway. Oh boy, Andy. Anyway. I'll be sick tomorrow. What's your blowout special in the week in oh, week nine? Nothing like just diving into it, Anthony. Well, I mean, guys, I we, can't, we, we heard about on. we heard enough about Marsh's uh, day plans tomorrow. Okay, we asked congratulations, the kid about by it. the way, Andrew. Yeah, thank you. It's not my bachelor party. Oh. Okay, now it's not as weird. I thought we weren't invited to first time. <laughs> Shoot. Well, Jamie, I'll swing by, uh, maybe toss you some, some food while yeah, you're down in between the down benches. Down between the benches? Yeah. yeah. Nice. I'll say, hey, want to come up to the suite? Yes. Call the game? Yes. That would be fun. You probably would. <laughs> I would love that. From the second period. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints, by the way. Saints over the Bears. Blowout special. They're going to win by... At least 10, if not uh, 14 plus. Yeah. Against our guy Tyson Badgett. That's the only one I see on here as a potential blowout, really. I don't, all the other ones where there's a blowout candidate as far as a, being a loser, the per, the team they're playing isn't that fantastic. Yeah, like the Browns and the Cardinals should be a blowout, but you're like, ah, right. and then Cleveland. Colts, Panthers, eh. you know, like you're like, eh, should be, eh. but will it be? Right. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, Marsh. I think the Rams blow out the Packers this week. Wow. Packers stink. They do stink. They do I'm not stink. just saying that because I'm a biased Minnesota Viking fan. No, the Rams not are also not good. Banged up to crap though. Matthew Stafford has one hand for this. He's game. got one hand. He's got no right tackle. Like I, I, I actually think the Packers Don't win that one. Just I'm going not out. I'm just super going out, confident. Going out but, on a limb here. All right. Well, well played. Maybe that goes right into the upset special because the Rams are technically an underdog, Marsh. So would that? Uh, would you like that to also be your underdog special of the week? No. Hey, okay. Jamie, do you have your underdog special of the week? You want me to give out mine? No, I do have one. What do you got? And this one's a little bit out there. Ooh, can I guess? You can try to guess. Is it Cardinals Browns? No. So it's a little bit out there. You say <laughs> it's it's one where you're going to be like. Really? But then when you think about it, you're like, maybe. Like, oh, I can see it. Um, okay. Giants over the Raiders. No. That, I actually have that game picked just that way. Titans over the Steelers tonight. I have that picked that game, mm, too. But not the one it's you're thinking of. Jets over Chargers. Bingo. It is. It is. I think that. Did that, you actually pick the Jets? I did. That, I think. I'm going to verify um, here. Shut up. The Jets' defense could cause enough problems for that Chargers' offense. And Zach Wilson, he might be able to manage the ball enough to squeak one out. They should have lost last week. I know, but they didn't. See? You, you picked the Chargers. No, I didn't, Anthony. Yes, Stop. you did. I'm looking at it right Why now. Why do you help me with these things? Well, I mean, come on. You said oh, that's my upset special. It is so an you, upset special. So you win either way. It doesn't mean I have to pick it. It's just my <laughs> upset special. You could have just went with the Giants. You really did that to me. Who you did uh, pick. You did pick the Giants. I told you I went with the Giants, and I told or you I the went Titans. with the Titans. Unbelievable. I thought that was more interesting. Okay, fair enough. My upset special is the- that guy. Okay, we'll read out the notes in front of the class. 
<laughs> Be ready. Be my, ready. My upset special, and I'm going to stick with it this time, is the Panthers at home. I called it last week. I didn't stick with it. <sighs> Frank Reich's former team, too. This is Exa- a revenge This is game. a revenge game for old Frank. Mm-hmm. Panthers, much better team at home than on the road. And this Colts team stinks. I don't care what the record is. Just three and five, which also indicates that they kind of stink. But somehow, they everybody kind of still likes them. No. Carolina. Restore the roar. Hmm. With the Panthers this time instead of the Lions. I guess Panthers don't really roar. Oh, I'm sure they do at some point. Panthers. Oh, yeah. Upset special of what, the week. What is the line on the Texans-Buccaneers game? The Texans are laying three points as a three-point favorite. Okay, so... So if you what, like the Bucs... I don't. The, Bucks the Texans would, are favored in that game? They're favored. Oh, I'd bet what, the house on the Bucs. What about the Raiders? <laughs> Raiders are favored. What? Damn it. They suck. And they don't have a coach or a GM. Honestly. Or a quarterback. That's why I like them this week, honestly. I got my Minnesota Vikings over the Atlanta Falcons. I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you one bit. I think that's the premier matchup of the fast lane this week. Oh it it is. So good thing. So Jamie automatically moves out of. Yes. Right now he's in the Waffle House. Mm-hmm. Because they're both four and four. Mm-hmm. But he, this is the matchup he wants. Because he automatically moves out of the Waffle House. Yes. Unless they tie. Which, let's be honest, is is a possibility. It's in play, man. It's in play. Mm-hmm. But one of us is going to be back in a wall. I have not been in the Waffle House yet. It's been Marsh, no, yeah. and now it's been Jamie. The Falcons lose. You've never been to Waffle House? No, I haven't been in with the cha- the Waffle House Challenge. Oh. The Fastling Waffle House Challenge. But take it lunch one day. No, yeah. I, I, Waffle House is great. But whoever loses, uh, yeah, they're going to be firmly in that Waffle House Challenge. Okay. Let's go through these real quick. Steelers, Titans. I got the Steelers short week home team against the uh, Dan Marino junior-led Titans. I got Titans. I had the Steelers. Chiefs, Dolphins from Germany. Chiefs. Dolphins. I went with the Chiefs, too. I think this is going to be a fascinating matchup, though. I like the Chiefs coming off a loss. We know Marsh likes the Vikings. I took the Falcons. If if Arthur Smith went with Desmond Ritter, went back to him, I would have taken the Vikings. But since it's Kakaw's law, I'm going to take the Falcons. Taylor Heineke for me. Falcons. Right. Seahawks, Ravens. I think the Seahawks are the biggest smoke and mirror teams in the team in the entire league. Mm-hmm. I think they're an absolute fraud. Give me the Ravens. Ravens, please. Sorry, Swan. I'm going with the Ravens. All right. Seahawks, Browns. Hmm? Uh, Browns. I don't even know who the, I mean, the Cardinals are going to start Cardinal tune. Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals. Browns. What did I say? Ravens. Seahawks. Browns. Seahawks. Browns. One of one of the one of the Cardinals. One of the birds. It's bird. going to go to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to play the Browns. Hmm. I don't care which bird it is. It's going to be. It's going to be the Browns and a win. I picked the Browns in this game. Also went with the Browns. All right. We know that the uh, that Marsh likes the Rams over the Packers. The Rams are really banged up. Green Bay stinks. I'm not saying this with my chest out, but I do have the Packers in this. I think I have the Rams. I can't remember. You took Jamie. I can tell you right now. You took the Packers. I did. Yep. All right, let's go pack. <laughs> well, you could change it. If you no, want to. I don't know. I won't do it, Anthony. All right. Nope. Bucks Texans. I took the Texans at home. I think the Bucks are fracturing here. They've lost three in a row. Houston in a bounce back spot, coming off their first loss. I got the Texans. I got the Bucks, baby. I have the Houston Texans. Okay. Jamie, you actually did take the Bucks. I know I did. Commanders, Patriots. I don't. I, I don't like anything about Washington unless they're playing Philadelphia. 
It's like the only team that they're, they're competitive against. Give me the Patriots. Again, I'm not saying this with my chest out, though. Give me the Patriots at home against a uh, Washington team that's now depleted after trading two of their starting defensive linemen. Yeah. Um, I got the Patriots. The Patriots showed out pretty good last week, all things considered. They put some points on the board compared to what they had been doing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going with the Patriots. True. And it's in, it's, it's in New England, too. It's in New England. I'm going with the Commanders. Oh, boy. Uh, Saints and Bears. We all have the Saints. Yep. yep. Panthers were my upset special over the Colts. You guys took the Colts? I took Gardner Minshew. I did, too. All right, Frank Raypole. Uh, you guys going with the Colts. I got the Raiders in this one. They fired McDaniels, so mm-hmm. they got the problem out. Uh, they benched Jimmy G for Aiden O'Connell. I trust Aiden O'Connell. He's been in the league for an hour. I trust him more than Jimmy G at this point, who's a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. Only person proud, more proud of Jimmy G than, than uh, in fact, the only person that is proud of Jimmy G is Desmond Ritter because he thinks that that's how, he, that's how you do it. You ball mm-hmm. the other team constantly. Give me the Raiders. Over the Giants. I got the Giants. Danny Dimes is back in the lineup, baby. You He's coming that, back with vengeance. Confidence. Hey, I'm going with the Raiders. All right, Eagles-Cowboys. I got the Eagles in this one. The last time Dallas played a team with a pulse, the only time they played a team with a pulse was the Niners, and uh, they got taken to the woodshed. I don't think it's going to be like that. It's a divisional game. Going to be close. These two teams split last year, but I think it's going to be close in the fourth quarter. Give me Jalen Hurts over Dak. Yeah, I got the Eagles. I got the Eagles as well. I got the Bengals. They bullied the Bills last year in the postseason. Bullied them. And I got to face my fears, which is the Bengals actually being better than I thought they were going to be. So give me the Bengals. I've got Joe Burrow as well. I'm going with uh, Anthony's Cincinnati boogeyman. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I have the Chargers over the Jets because I think the Jets... Like everybody's starting to think, oh, the Jets could be good. They're not good. They should have lost last week to the Giants. He might play, huh? Every week, <laughs> I look forward to seeing how much progress he's made. I'm sure he'll be, you know, right doing something well, next week. You see him throwing? Yeah. Can he? Even when he gets cleared, can he actually play well? Ah. Okay. Give Who knows? The, he lasted two downs. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, give me the Chargers. <laughs> the Jets were upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I it. forget sometimes who I pick because uh, I go through this battle in my head. I go back and forth, and then I get to this point. I go, uh, and I can you. never remember my login. <laughs> it's on the one computer. You got one computer that you do your your picks on. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Uh, Marsh, you take the Chargers. Yes. All right, there you have it. What's trending is next in the fast lane. We're right back to the fast lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Jamie, you were on the balloon party earlier today talking about Harry's and talking some NBA basketball. Nice. Uh, Was I? Well, you made it a point that we would talk about the Lakers and the Clippers. Lakers win 130 to 125. That's not what I want to get into, though. James Harden, in his introductory press conference with the Clippers, said, I am not a system player. I am a system. Oh, God. Do you think this wow. is the reason why he is no longer on half 
of the teams in the league. It's exactly why he's never won a championship. Wow. It's exactly why he's never won a championship. You cannot have a guy just be rogue in the NBA. How the hell are the other guys supposed to know what the hell you're doing? How do you coach schoolyard basketball? How do you do it? Like, you can't. Mm -hmm. He annoys me. He annoys me. Watching him play over the years and watching watching his effort based on whether he's happy or not, that drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. And then he put on like 30 pounds and then it was miraculously gone. Like within three days, like what the hell are we doing here? Did he, was he wearing a fat suit? Was he not? I don't know. I I wouldn't want this guy as my teammate ever, like mm-hmm. in anything. Even if we were playing basketball right now, <laughs> out there's a court out here. I don't even want him to be on my team. I'll play against him. I don't care if I lose. I don't care. I don't want him on my team. The Clippers, the team the that has struggled, struggled to win uh, a title decided to go with the guy who is talented enough to be a part of a title team but has never won a title. Right? Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. So the Clippers, mm-hmm. who have had issues trying to win at the highest of levels, decided to bring in a guy who has never won at the highest of levels. Russell Westbrook. Sounds like a nice matchup for them. It's perfect. Right there. Yeah, it's not going to be like that. Nope. That sounds good to me. Congratulations to every other team, because you have a better shot at now winning a title. Hmm. Congratulations to Nelson Cruz, who is retiring after 19 seasons, 464 home runs, and one ball that he failed to catch in 2011. Oh, wow. You went there, didn't you? Good for you, Marshy. Good for you. (laughs) I love Nelson Cruz. Especially toward the latter, like the, the last couple of years. Now, Last year was a little rough, and I think the year before was a little rough for him. But Nelson Cruz, I wanted him to be a Cardinal. When they yeah, got when they got the DH, I wanted him to be a Cardinal. Now it worked out just fine because Albert Albert did quite well last year. Yeah, he did. Um, but I I kind of wanted to see Nelson Cruz in in a Cardinals uniform. Just as a fun player, played uh, you know at a high level into his forties. Somebody that was. Very reliable. And yes, somebody that helped contribute to the 2011 Cardinals championship. Congratulations. Anthony, yesterday you uh, briefly mentioned the passing of of Bob Knight. Um, What was one of your favorite stories about Bobby Knight? You know, for me, it was just the ultimate. He, He was, he was, I mean, we're talking about one of the best head coaches, period, in any, in any sport. And somebody that kind of fit in that time time frame too, Jamie. You have talked about this, eighties, nineties. That style of coaching worked then because mm-hmm. you had a style of player, Jamie. You, you know, you were one of them. There wasn't a lot of pushback when it came to this is how we're going to do it. Now, I'm not saying there wasn't any any uh, any players that didn't give any sort of pushback, but typically when you're when you're growing up, you kind of had that hard-nosed coach, right? So Bobby Knight for that era was perfect. I'm sure Bobby Knight could have done just fine in other eras, eras as well, eras as well. But he really fit for the '80s and '90s, and he won at the highest of levels. And obviously, you know, very theatrical and stuff too. When 
you know, when he got ticked off, the the chair throw. Uh, but I don't know if there's one specific story. I just appreciated what he did from a coaching standpoint. Yeah, I guess. I'm not a big Bobby Knight fan. Fair enough. I'm just not. I had coaches like that growing up and through, and they they take it too far. They just take it too far. Mm-hmm. They treat you like a bag of dirt, and, you know, that was Bobby Knight. It was. If you're a star player, it seemed like you were unscathed to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but if you were one of his lower guys or even, like, a bubble fringe player, those are the guys that took all the heat. Yeah. Those are the guys that got yelled at, kicked, shoved, you know, head-butted. Mm-hmm. Don't bring that. No. I thought he was a bully. I didn't like him at all. All right, fair enough. Someone should have kicked his ass, quite honestly. That's my feelings. If he was a hockey coach, it probably would happen. Yep, maybe. Although you still got guys like Mike Babcock rolling around and nobody's kicked his ass yet. True. There's been guys, Mike Keenan, the guys threatened him and stuff like that, but you're always worried. You're always worried about the, the repercussions of doing it, right? You're going to be that guy who beat up the coach. Mm-hmm. He'll never play again. You know, there's this, this like uh, this behind closed doors club, and so that's why that's why I don't like Bobby Knight because he knew these college players like they weren't going to clap back. Mm-hmm. Their futures, he held their futures in his hands. Yeah, I don't like that. That that kind of a that kind of leverage when you're treating someone like crap is not cool. Well, rest in peace, Bobby Knight. Mm-hmm. What else you got, Marsh? Well, I just wanted to say, uh, Jamie mentioned. No, I'm not, not going to change my stance. <laughs> Jamie mentioned Mike Babcock. There was a, a guy that dressed up for Halloween as him. Uh-huh. Did he throw Columbus. a chair? No, he wasn't throwing chairs. Uh, last thing here. Oh, Babcock, you're saying. <laughs> you had a cell phone. Uh, from the uh, ESPN, David Schoenfeld, uh, way too early 2024 MLB power rankings. Cardinals clock in at number 23. Wow. Well, that's fair based on the fact that they only have one pitcher or two pitchers or one and a half pitchers. Well, is is Matt still technically on the IL? I, I'm assuming he's counting Matt's as, as somebody that's going to be in the rotation next year. So, hmm. uh, technically he's on the IL? Probably. Hmm. Yeah. 23 as of right now? That's fair. Mm-hmm. That you, is. Know, you know what? I like it. Prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you're doing that. <laughs> Now you're doing that thing. I actually, but you no, know, here, I really believe the Cardinals are one simple facet away from being a competitive team. It's pitching. And as easy as that sounds, <laughs> okay, as easy as it sounds, mm-hmm. you can still screw it up big time. Yep. And so that's the part that concerns me. And that's why I'm at 23. I'm like, it's probably kind of fair because they're going with the odds of what, what are the odds of this team totally, you know, raking in the offseason based upon their recent history probably not so mm-hmm. so it's probably pretty fair yeah i'd like to see them maybe hit a little bit better with runners in scoring position yeah that's probably good too yeah uh so what we're saying is they don't have they don't have just one problem hmm. they have multiple problems okay uh there was a tweet that was sent out um about what 20 minutes ago jamie Mm. That would be shocking from a sports that like the, the sports world would cer- certainly be shocked over this. If this if this were to happen, we'll tell you what it is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Here's what I think is going to happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing chatter 
to this effect, not that it's reporting, but when you're plugged into the NFL grapevine and you hear something like this, it's too good to keep to yourself. There's a theory out there that when the season ends, Josh Harris, the new owner, excuse me, of the Commanders, is going to call the Patriots wow. and inquire about what it would take to, to get Bill Belichick. So the Patriots wouldn't fire him. The Patriots would essentially trade him to Washington and avoid any further financial obligation, get something back. Remember, they had to give up some stuff to get him when he was the Jets head coach for like a day in 2000. And so there's a thought out there that that's how this is going to go. So is Mike Florio on the Zach Gelb show talking about something that, uh, Jamie, you had stumbled upon on on Twitter about 20 minutes ago, that the commanders uh, would be the new owner for the commanders would call the Patriots to inquire about Bill Belichick. Now, we've seen this before. The most infamous situation was when John Gruden went from the Raiders to the Buccaneers, and Gruden wound up winning a Super Bowl with oh. Tony Tony Dungy's guys, but he wound up winning the Super Bowl nonetheless. So we, we have seen this before. Um, but I... I why would Belichick want to go to Washington? That's my that's my question on this. That's so. So there, I have a lot of questions about this. Um, one, what makes you think you're one Bill Belichick away from being a good team? Yeah, because Bill Belichick is essentially coaching a very comparable team right now to the Commanders. Part two of that, maybe this owner knows that in this off season he's going to go out and go get a bunch of pieces because. They've got some money, and they're going to do some things and move some pieces around because apparently the new ownership desperately wants to put a winning team in Washington. Mm-hmm. And they're ready to clear, clean house. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, maybe so, but then what makes you think that Bill Belichick will want to coach the commanders? Mm-hmm. And does one coach like that make the difference? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like Tom Brady and Belichick were the dream team. But you don't have a Tom Brady. Mm. So, I, I don't know. No, I mean, I would I would be interested to see cuz cuz right now we all know we all know the narrative. The narrative of course is that Bill Belichick without Tom Brady is nothing. Now, if you look back at the at the first 3 to 4 Super Bowls, that that was that was Bill Bel that was mostly Belichick. The way the team that he put together, yeah. the scheme, Tom Brady was managing things. Yeah. It wasn't until 07 when Brady, and he didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Of course, that was the year that they lost, the first time they lost to the Giants. But that was when things kind of flipped. And it wound up being like Brady was, was it was still Belichick's defense and all that, but Brady was, was capable of winning on his own too. But he goes to Tampa, wins there, wins. first year, wins there. <laughs> and that team was good though. Like, let's it, just be fair. Belichick was left with a team that wasn't good, and Brady went to a team that was missing only Brady. Absolutely. And Belichick, and I think Brady, part of it was like, hey, Brady wanted to go on, have some fun. He did. And knew that the Patriots, I mean, Bill, yeah. Bill had stopped building a good, a, good, a good team. He was missing. Yeah. But, when it, but okay, to your point, Jamie, because I'm glad, I'm glad you made that point. It was a good team. That's why he went there. And we we like to give all the credit to the play. Once they win championships, like that's eh, all you. Coach wins a championship. It's like look we look who we had. Mm-hmm. So, in uh, on that note, 
I would love to see Belichick go to not a Washington team, but a team that has a, a franchise quarterback. And then see what see what he can do. Yeah, but then if, people say, well, he went to a team that's already good. I know. I know. <laughs> I'd like to have him go to the Buccaneers, quite honestly. They've got Shaky Bakey. And Bakey see if he could do it, too. And eh. see if he could do it with right. that team. Because I think, I think Bill could win with that team. The way he schemes and all mm-hmm. that. Now, is Shaky Bakey the guy for him? No, maybe not. But just another mid-tier slash kind of good quarterback. Someone who's not going to lose games for him. Yeah. See, I, I, I would want him to go to the Chargers. Work with that team. Because that team is good. It needs a okay, coach. Okay, I like the idea. You know what I mean? I like the idea for sure. And they haven't gotten over the hump. No, they have. And they have Justin Herbert, who is a stud, but still kind of unproven because he hasn't done anything. Exactly. I. If we. <laughs> Marcia, how loud do you have your headphones? <laughs> How does it, why does that happen every so often? That was really loud. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. It was just, you know, I clicked on, I was going back to listen to the uh, Chris Kerber interview, <laughs> and I clicked on a, a spot to listen to mm-hmm. it. And, uh, you know, because I'm doing behind the scene things yeah, here. Yeah, you, you got and a lot of stuff going on. Anthony the way yelled, 2019! <laughs> right in my ear. We right could hear it over ear. here. I was like, how did we hear man, that? He's got headphones yeah. on. Man, that was really loud. All right. Anyways, Anyways. so the Chargers yeah. Yeah. are that, they are that team. For me, I would love to see Bill Belichick with that team. Yeah. Oh my God, that I'll, I'll tell you who wouldn't like to see that. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. A hundred percent. Yeah. But that'd be fun though. You get Andy yeah. Reid versus Belichick twice a year, and you get Belichick an actual team like Belichick, the GM has has steadily gotten worse. Yeah, I think I'd have some help for him. I can't imagine that Belichick though. The the coach has gotten worse. So can you know if he if we were to go, don't go to Washington? There's no like to your point. There's no talent. There. It's a lateral move. Yeah. In fact, it makes him. It, 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 it would stand that he would could even look worse because mm-hmm. at least in New England, people know that he's just got a pile of hot garbage there. Yeah. If he took a trade to Washington, like they know it's not a good team, but expect the expectations at that point are like the Bills going to save us. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody right now, at least for the foreseeable future. No. That helps save the commanders right Mm-mm. now. And outside of them, I don't I don't know who else would make sense. Well, the Raiders. People are popping up with the Raiders. But, but again, don't you don't have a quarterback, you know? I don't. I don't and because and I get the connection because Tom Tom is a minority owner there. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I that's mean, that's probably yeah. where people are saying. And of course, obviously, they have a head. There's a head coaching vacancy now. Yeah, um, I'm trying to look at other teams that like would, would need a coach. Yeah, like what about the Browns? That's where he started. And it is where it started. There is a connection there, and I I feel but, like that's a team that could use a little help, a little bump. They're kind of on the cusp. Like they're supposed to be a lot better than they are, and yeah. they've got a good defense there too already. Mm-hmm. I think we found it though. The Browns are being interested, but I think we found the team. The Chargers. You, yeah, totally agree. With you that. put Belichick in L.A. with mm-hmm. the Chargers and Justin Herbert. I think that'd be interesting. And if you're wondering, like, why are we talking about this? Because Mike Florio. And some other reporters are saying that the commanders are going to reach out to New England at some point about the availability of Bill Belichick. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if that's that's a legit report or not. It's, it's but not, it's interesting nonetheless. Yeah, nonetheless, it's reputable guys talking about something that's right. really serious. Yeah. So, All who right. Knows? It's a Fastlane on 101. Who really knows? Who knows? Who really knows? It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We get the biggest question of the day, but we do this every Friday. 
And yet, uh, like I said before, Marsh is out, and Jamie won't. Mi- Jamie will miss the final two hours of tomorrow's show. So we're going to do our build your own sleeper team next on 101 ESPN, along with the biggest question of the day. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time to build our own sleeper team here in the fast lane on 101 to ESPN. I'm a three three week champion right now, guys. Three weeks. That's pretty good, Anthony. Feeling good. I mean, thanks, Jeremy. It's not not normal. Usually, you get the football guy to be good at football. Okay. What? Boy, you're really not a burst of guys bubble. No, I was giving you full props. You're you're the lead dog, and you're proving why. No, I like that. I like the way you phrased it. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. By the way. New gridiron guys out. Kerry Davis, Anthony Stalter, get all your football info. Gridiron guys. Thank you, Jamie. You the man. Yeah, baby, let's go. Just fresh, fresh off the Why do you think the audio? Why do you think I'm doing so good at the pick challenge this week? I listen to the gridiron guys. Okay? Thanks, man. I get my information from there. You go opposite. Me. Doesn't matter what I do, okay? <laughs> I get my information from my two favorite football guys. Thank you. Maybe second and third. Dan Olavsky sure. might be first. But yeah, still. he is. There, yeah, I respect that. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. So, anyways, thank you, Jamie. Thank, no, thank you. Just for that, you get the first pick. All right. Which so you can you, whatever you want. Whatever you want. It's your it's it's your pick. I feel like I need to build. Anthony, would you quit electrocuting I, uh, yourself? Sorry. I feel like I need to build with my quarterback. And uh, this week, there just happens to be a game that, uh, well, it could end up ugly. It could end up really, really ugly. In a good way. Anthony, you got me onto this. You did. Derek Carr. D-Money. He was rubbish. <laughs> but not this week. Not this time. They were good last week, so. Yeah. yeah Bears are also terrible. The week before is what I'm looking at, or the Saints. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's been rubbish for most of the year. Yeah. Pick any other week but, but last week. Yeah. So Derek Carr is my guy because, I mean, who couldn't put up points against the Bears? Just saying. That's a good point, man. That's a real good point. Okay, so Derek Carr is off the board. Marsh, who's your pick? I got mm, to give life to my new quarterback, Jaron Hall. Oh, wow. I'm going to go with Jaron Hall. Wow. I think he's going to have a big week. I'm hoping he has a big week <laughs> against your Atlanta Falcons. Okay. I like it. Anthony, what do you got? I'm going to go Bryce Young. I said that the Panthers are going to upset the Colts this weekend. Bryce Young. Uh, if you look at the Colts, the defense, they have not been great. Derek Carr. The aforementioned Derek Carr. He scored 18.3 points. Last week against the Colts, Stafford put up, and Stafford was won a Super Bowl, so I don't want to say that he's been bad or anything, but Stafford, 16.2. C.J. Stroud, 21.5 points, fantasy points against the Colts. So it's Bryce Young's turn. Bryce Young's got a new play caller. Uh, last week, they're coming off the first win. They play better at home. So rolling the dice with Bryce Young as my sleeper quarterback pick. Marsh, it's to you. I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with my wide receiver next. I'm going to take Jake Bobo. Of the Seattle Seahawks. He's been Jake. He's Bobo. been really good. He has. He's been nice. really good. That's my guy. Nice. All right, uh, Jamie. Yeah, wide receiver for me. Um, I just, 
I don't know what to expect in this game overall, but I think they're going to have to air out the ball because they're going to be playing from behind. So, Brandon Cooks. I like your thought process on that. Yeah. All right, Brandon Cooks off the board. I'm going to take uh, Rasheed Rice from the Chiefs. That could be a Jerry's shootout. Brother. No, nope, nope. It's his son, isn't it? Nope. Same last name, but that's uh, that's about it. Uh, Football royalty, that kid. No doubt. Yeah, same position, though. Rookie, quiet game last week. Only caught four or five targets for 56 yards, but he still led all the Chiefs receivers in targets with five receptions and yards and played a season-high snaps, 61%. So I think Rice is slowly becoming that outside-the-numbers threat that the Chiefs so desperately need to, com- to uh, complement Travis Kelsey. And again, that could be a shootout between the Chiefs and Dolphins on Sunday morning. So I'm going to take Rishi Rice, the rookie. All right, Jamie, wrap it up. What? Uh, the uh, game. I was going to say, yeah. Yep. Come on, Anthony. You know better than that. Yep. Um, running back, Alex Madison for me, Vikings. Okay. I think that we've got a brand new quarterback, Marshy's guy there. I don't know if they're just going to release the hounds and let him air it out all game. They're probably, if nothing else, at least for the first half, we're going to try and get this kid some reps, get him some looks. Easiest way to do that, easy way to control the pace of the game is by running the football. No doubt. So I think that that's going to be where my guy pops in. Okay. So you guys got some Vikings this week against my Falcons defense. Marsh, who's your running back? Well, I didn't want to pick Jamie's player. So I'm going to go with the other running back for the Minnesota Vikings, who actually had more fantasy points last week than Alexander Madison. That would be... Cam Akers. Boy, you guys are loading up on the Vikings. Holy smokes. That just makes sense, Anthony. Does it? It's not necessarily that they're going to beat the Falcons. You just think it's just gonna that be... they're going to have to hand off the ball a whole bunch. Like 50 times. Probably. All right, I got Kareem Hunt. I've gone to Kareem before. 15, 10, 15 touches the last couple of weeks, but he's made the most of it. He's got four touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns. Jerome Ford's dealing with an, uh, an ankle injury, so... I think that Hunt winds up having a decent game against Arizona. So Kareem Hunt is my sleeper I running back. I had him on here, too. I Did wrote you? him down. I All right, so Jamie, I didn't take him. fly through it. Your your team, your sleeper team this week? Uh, quarterback, Derek Carr. Starting at wide receiver, Brandon Cooks. Starting at running back, Alex Madison. Marsh? My quarterback is Jaron Hall. That's my quarterback. Uh, according to Steven on the text line, a.k.a. the future. Mm. I have uh, Jake Bobo, and then Cam Akers is my running back. Okay, there you go. And I went with Bryce Young as my quarterback. My running back is Kareem Hunt, and my wide receiver is Rishi Rice of the Chiefs. Now, time for the biggest question of the day. It's time for the Fastlane's biggest question of the day. All right, we got one from FedEx Brian. FedEx Brian, going back to the Blues, is the quote-unquote babying time period come to an end for Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, and is it time for them to step up and be the players be the players the Blues hope they should be, or are they vanilla and just to be what we see? Good game, bad game, game off scenario. Oh, a lot to unpack there. <laughs> it's like a triple barrel question. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. Uh, what was the first part, Marshy? Give me that first part for like right now. The babying time period has okay. that come to an end? I thought that came to an end last year. Quite honestly, there was some tough love from the coaching staff towards both players at different times. 
Um, but if you're asking for more of that, yeah. But the babying time has been over since they, these guys were declared to be, you know, the foundation of the forward group moving forward. Mm-hmm. So it, it, to me, it's not the coaching staff babying them or anybody else. It's just they're the guys now. So they'll either succeed or they'll fail. If they fail, there won't be any need to be angry at them or punish them because they'll just fail. Yeah, good call. So I think, yeah, the babying part is is long gone. Uh, part two, please. <laughs> part two, two please. of that question. Uh, is it time for them to step up and be the players the Blues hope they should be? Or are they vanilla and just going to be what we see? Good game, bad game, game off scenario. Okay, so a couple things here. When you talk about these players, for the last two seasons, they've been point-of-game guys. I don't call that vanilla. I call vanilla like 40 points. Mm-hmm. In fact, to be completely 41 points. One point every two games. That's vanilla. But he's playing in your top six. Yeah, yeah whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. These guys have put up some pretty good numbers. Now, they haven't put up 95 to 100 points yet. Um, you know, if that's your expectations, then, then fine. But... It is time for them to step up. We just outlined that they're the, f- the future of this franchise from a forward position standpoint. And so, yes, it is time for them to step up. But let's not forget that, you know, Robert Thomas is leading the team in scoring right now. And I know it's not like mind-blowing number numbers and, you know, something that you're bragging about, but you're asking him to do something, and he is. Now, could the team be scoring more? Yeah, that'd be nice. For sure. Um, but I, I do feel like he's accepting the responsibility here for a little bit. I mean, he's got six points in eight games. Yeah. He's just slightly off the pace of a point a game. When it comes to Jordan Cairo, Cairo now he's got to pick it up. He's only got three points in eight games. He's had about four breakaways. <clears throat> he has. Yeah. And, you know, so he's got to start putting the puck in the back of the net. But, yeah, I, and I don't know how you feel, Anthony, but... I think it's more than time for these guys to step up. Yes, uh, I completely agree. Uh, I think that, it, we, look, we've talked about this. Jimmy, uh, Jamie just illustrated that perfectly. Man, what is going on with this microphone? Um, w- regardless of if you're a Stanley Cup contender, a playoff contender, a rebuilding team, you need your dudes to be dudes. You're paying these guys for a reason. And I, I hate the excuse of, like, when you're paying guys, they have to, uh, they automatically need to go to, like, the Hall of Fame or else they don't, it doesn't justify the contract. I hate that. Mm. But there is, there, there is a point to saying, okay, a lot of our cap space is dedicated to you. Mm-hmm. That's really what it's about. 100%. Forget the, like, you're making a lot of money. Dance for me right now. No, <laughs> stop. You're allocating your resources... To build a a winning roster, most of your resources in order to build a roster go into a couple of players. Those guys have to produce for you just as a starting point, and then you can start to mix in some of the complementary pieces, right? Because you are trying to build a team. So if Robert Thomas and uh, you know Jordan Cairo and these guys, if they don't take that proverbial next step, forget the leadership aspect. Let's just deal with the production. They don't take the proverbial next step from a production standpoint. This team's not going anywhere, period. End of story. It's kind of like the Cardinals with the with the pitching, right? If they don't rebuild the pitching, it doesn't matter what the lineup looks like. 
There's just certain facts here. Or it puts a lot of pressure on Doug Armstrong to get a lot more out of the other other pieces of the roster. Which can be... It's not, it's as, can fe- happen. It's not as feasible as right. you think. It can happen, but... Yeah. No, you need your big dogs to play like your big dogs. Yep. They haven't so far. And a lot of that is to do with the power play. Yes. So Agreed. Get the power play going. I'm telling you, see guys get more points and this team will win more hockey games. Well said. It's a fact. Factoid. That's Jamie Rivers. So many things to alter. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. We are going to wrap up the show next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, including our chat with Craig Berube and Chris Kerber, as well as uh, some, I don't know, kind of a heated discussion to start the show about the the Blues between Jamie and I. We also discussed the Cardinals and what would be the least amount of, you know, moves that they would have to make this offseason to make you optimistic about next year. Or how we played Hot Take or Hot Garbage or our picks for the, the NFL Pick'em Challenge for this week. You can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. By the way, Cody from STL won the Blink-182 tickets. Marsh asked the question, which video, uh, which song did the Blink-182 guys in the video, uh, what, what song were they naked for? Naked. For the entire video. Correct answer is... What's my age again? What's my, my age, age again? again? Dance, nice dance, job, Cody. Dance. Got that one. And he was the 101st texter. So congratulations, Cody. He's going to go see Blink-182 on August 10th at Sweet. Enterprise Center. Good stuff there. Marsh, what do we have for criticisms and compliments? All right. From the 636, Anthony is on fire today. Thank you. You were feeling yourself today. Yeah, Whoa. I was a little uncomfortable for a while. Oh, it's kind of in a groove. With yeah. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. What did right. you get out of it? Something different. I'll tell you later. Mm. Thank you. Just don't show me. No problem. Mm. Uh, we were talking about. Seen. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> we were talking about the uh, the six one hate earlier today. Uh, he wanted a press conference, and Jamie delivered. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. Um, and then you guys said maybe he wouldn't be invited to a party if they're I, no, I did. I said be. he would. Jamie said he would. Well, either way, he texted back and said, go blank yourself, San, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> I respect that. I do, too. I do. I respect that. It's just hard to picture 6-1-8 at a party when it's always negative. Like, mm. I wonder, like, so there's two types of people, right? There's the people where when you have a couple of cocktails, they go from one way to another. So they get yeah. happy. Uh-huh. Right? They love everybody. I love you, man. I love you more. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You're such a good dude. I'll tell you. Right? Mm-hmm. You know? And then you have the other ones that are miserable people to start with, and then they drink and they get worse. Right. And they get belligerent. And mm-hmm. then they, eh. So I just wonder if, if the 618 is the guy that goes from negative to really negative. Or as he goes from negative to, like, really happy. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough call. I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Why don't you have a party and invite him, Anthony? Okay. Find out. I will. More than happy to have the 618 over. From the 617, 
Does anyone break down the ice better than Rivers? Hell nope. no. Hell no. I appreciate it, though. That was very nice. People always say some nice things. People say some mean things on here, too, but for the most part, our Either listeners way. are really nice. I appreciate that. Well, if Thank we're going to have a show motto of nobody's safe, that includes us. So. Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah, but, uh, Jamie, you do a phenomenal job, man. You always do it in a way where, uh, even if you're listening, as opposed to watching on Ballet Sports or even our airlines team YouTube chat, um, you do it in a way to, that you can visualize it. If you don't know the game, you can still visualize what you're saying because you do it in a manner where it, it, it simplifies it, even though the content isn't that simple. So you I do a great job. That. Thank you very much. Geniuses turn uh, make make the uh, the difficult content mm-hmm. simple. Wow. I like where you're headed. James is a genius. Wow. Phew. You're hired. I don't have any money, though. That's right. Get my clear cam going. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's probably why the, the clear cam, it, maybe it's not just being, it's just not being funded. Not yet. Not yet. After the way I broke down that uh, yeah, I mean, way to generate more offense, where you go off the I glass. I might sign up for it just for men's league. Yeah. Uh, from the 314, I can't help but put, I can't help but picture Marsh as Ozzy Osbourne every time he hits us with the, are you kidding me? After seeing his Halloween costume. That's really good. You pulled off that, that costume real well. I Thank mean, you. real well. Yeah. It was a work of art. It certainly was. Thank you. Uh, from Marsh's Burner, all of this uniform talk. We were talking about uniforms in the, uh, I believe it was the Sports Six Pack. What is this, the balloon party? Oh, yeah. Jackson loves what? uniforms, too. Does he? And, and they talk about it. I respect the conversations. Yeah. I always think that it's fun to talk about this stuff. No doubt. You know? Uh, here we go from the 618. Just text it in. I'm a, mu- I'm a musician. And I'm really happy, and I'm a really happy guy until my cards and blues don't care to win. There you go. I well, think that's fair. I don't know if they don't care to win. Um, they don't care to win. Sometimes they just don't win, and I respect that. People are passionate about their teams, and they want them to win. I know that. I, I feel it. I trust me. I'm a Cardinals fan and a Blues fan. And last year for the Blues was tough. This year for the Cardinals was tough. Hoping to break the chain of events here. Mm. Blue season. That'd be nice. It would be. All right. Uh, that'll do it for for us here in the fast lane. Just for today, Anthony. Just for today is right. Uh, although Marsh got himself a three-day weekend. See you guys on Monday. Nice job Jamie, there, Marsh. Jamie, I might see you tomorrow in the suite. Yeah, come on by. Come down between the benches. They'll love it. <laughs> Get this guy out of here. We have Steelers and Titans pregame starting at 630. So we've got a small uh, or short, I should say, a short uh, instant replay against Steelers-Titans pregame at 630. We'll see you tomorrow, too. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.